It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves on this beautiful Wednesday night, 603-283-6160, if you want to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And coming up, unusually, some conversations to be had about the about artificial intelligence, because I got two stories that we didn't get a chance to get into last night, and they're... I love this the subject of artificial intelligence, and I like bashing Elon Musk. And when these two oh, yeah. things oh, it's awesome. coincide, it brings me great pleasure. And that's what we have here, because Elon Musk apparently is convinced that artificial intelligence is going to destroy humanity or whatever. I don't know what no, he No, he actually... wants to corner the market is what he wants to do. That's generally my impression, but he's saying that he wants artificial intelligence to slow down. Meanwhile, he creates this new company in somewhere in Texas that is going to explore artificial intelligence. So he doesn't want artificial intelligence to slow down. Clearly, he's making his own company to explore it. He, as you said, wants to be in control of it, which I don't think is any better because I've seen the guy being in control of Twitter. And I've got to tell you, I'm not impressed. I think he loves the power. You know, he's almost just as bad as, you know, like a state official, right? Like... Oh, no, these all of these peasants can't have any sort of control or freedom over AI. We need government regulations and and he's, you know, smarter than everybody else. And he's going to be able to save the world with AI. Meanwhile, some other person might destroy the world with AI. That's the vibe I'm getting from him. That's been one of the beautiful things about artificial intelligence, too, is that with the release of the Facebook artificial intelligence, and I don't, I don't remember now what it was called, but someone leaked it. The The entire build for it, you can assemble it yourself on your laptop. Your laptop probably can't run it very well, but you can assemble the thing yourself. And of course, there's Stable Diffusion, which is a different artificial intelligence a art generator that you can compile and run on your laptop. Artificial intelligence as it is, it seems to put itself into the hands of the ordinary person, rather being this top-down, controlled, centrally controlled thing that people like Elon Musk would want it to be. But of of course the guy wants power. I mean, he bought Twitter. Can you imagine how out of control your ego has to be for you to be like, you know what? The second largest social media platform in the world, I should control that. And he does. And he doesn't seem to do a particularly good job of it. Yes, people say Twitter's numbers are up right but i most people tune in to the news when the building there that they you know live grew up in is on fire or whatever yeah. just because people are tuning in to watch the building burn doesn't necessarily mean that's good for ratings or that it's going to bring the news station any additional monetary value and from what we can tell Twitter's not actually making any money and they they just seem to be sort of frustrating everyone and now recently they changed their their hateful content policies. And I don't know the full specifics of that because I don't really care. When I see someone spewing hate speech on Twitter, I just either keep scrolling or I block them if it's like a consistent, steady thing. I mean, people have the right to, but in, in, and you're right. Recently, I've at, I found some girls on Twitter because I'm, I'm new to Twitter. So I was following some people. And at first I was like, yeah, they're, you know, I'm kind of on board with their message. And then they just kept posting just really toxic stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll just unfollow them. And that's all you need to do. Yep. Someone's posting something you don't like, just unfollow them and stop looking at it. That's what this trans uproar has done for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of these people that I followed, they seem great, right? And they seem, I don't want to say pro-liberty, but not antagonistic. They seem to understand that 
libertarians have some valid points. But then this trans thing happened, mm-hmm. and they went off the rails, and it became something all they ever talked about. It's and annoying. Yeah, and they talk They're- about it negatively. So I'm like, I don't need this in my life. Unfollow. You know, and I've kind of done the same thing with a lot of, you know, libertarians that I follow on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I've just I've had to unfollow a lot of them just because I don't want to see it. Yeah, you that's know? exactly it's, it. And it's, it's sad. Just, There's so much other more interesting stuff to talk about than trans people who represent like 0.5% of the population. Maybe why? Why are trans people being talked about this much? Well, and it's just so ironic because all of these, you know, conservatives who hate trans people are talking about trans people more than actual trans people yeah it's really like they weird. care about it the most they, and it's just like you know just shut up about it they certainly seem obsessed but speaking of set obsessed we are here on the show we are obsessed with secession and the ideas of peaceful peaceful what is the word I'm separation, separation divorce thank you, yeah. from the united states government and that was most recently encapsulated in cacr 32 which was a bill put forward here in New Hampshire in the State House of Representatives that would have allowed the people of New Hampshire to vote on whether or not New Hampshire would declare independence peaceably from the United States government. And regrettably, all but, I think, 13 state reps said, no, the people of New Hampshire should not be allowed to vote on this. And the bill was killed. However, we have Dave Ridley on the line. He was one of the key people behind that bill who was calling state representatives to get them to co-sponsor the bill and to just generally get get their opinions on it, whether or not they would support it. He's with us from here in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, authoritarians have microaggression, but we have microsecession, and I have microsecession news from New Hampshire today. So tell me, what is microsecession? I, I call it, uh, it's basically just another word I use for nullification, Uh or attempts to control the feds by, by when, when the states try to control the feds, basically, or they try to kick them out of the state and kick, stop them from doing certain things in the state. Now, how does this work? Like, I, I'm familiar with the concept of jury nullification, which is the idea that a jury, even if you're guilty of the facts at hand, they can nullify the law by voting you not guilty and say this law is silly, if, basically. But what is nullification in this broader context? Uh, well, I think the most well-known incident of nullification in the country it was when Colorado nullified federal, uh, they essentially nullified federal marijuana laws just by legalizing it there when, when it was illegal, still illegal at the federal level. I'm uh, not sure that's but, true, though. I'm not sure they've nullified anything. I think the federal government is just unwilling to enforce it. Yeah, maybe that's a better way. It was, it was I guess, de facto nullification. It was nullification in practice. Um, but we, but there is a bill in New Hampshire to do something similar with immigration. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, House Bill 624, uh, and it requires a law enforcement agency to provide public notice of an immigration checkpoint. So I assume this would apply to the feds. I'm not certain. I haven't read the whole thing. But uh, the, the, it's just a very – it's almost nano-secession. It's very small. It's not it's as not is, is big as some um, – but but it is current. It was coming. It's I guess it was it was in uh, it was in it's it's before the New Hampshire Senate. That's a, it. Sounds like a really good bill. This is the first I've heard about it, and it would require public officials to make you aware that there's an immigration checkpoint ahead, which is great because um, border patrol, whatever they're called, ICE, they're allowed to have these checkpoints anywhere I think within a hundred miles of a border. It's pretty far. Yeah, which is basically the entire United States. I mean, that is not. 
the entire United States, but it's a huge portion of the United States. And I, I would love to see that happen, but I think these checkpoints are already illegal in New Hampshire law, but the federal government continues to do them anyway. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I was pretty sure one of the first things I found out when I got to New Hampshire was at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, there was a ICE checkpoint nearby. The bunch of libertarians got together and went in troll, arguing that it was illegal for ICE to be there, if I remember correctly. And that was four or five years ago. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You, you don't, when, when the state makes something illegal that the feds are doing, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily go out and enforce the law against the feds and start some kind of armed conflict with the feds or arrest them or anything like that. It's just put the feds in a position where they're violating New Hampshire law, and some of the people will come out and raise concerns about that, and it will continue to degrade the federal government's reputation. That in and of itself has value. Sure, and I can see that, but I don't know if I would want to call it a you know a micro secession because I I don't want to like weaken the word secession to just mean whatever we want it to mean. But I certainly give it to you that it's a form of nullification, and I do like that because the more of these laws that we nullify, the better we the people are. Because most of the laws being enforced by the federal government or state governments or even local governments don't contain any victims whatsoever. It's I, I used to call them victimless crimes, but now I just call them harmless choices because I think that's more accurate. And that, that's, that's the bulk of what these laws are. Like immigration is a great example of that. There's no victim in immigration. There's a someone who chooses to relocate their life to another place. And that doesn't create a victim. It's just someone trying to improve their life. And that's a wonderful thing. Was there anything else on your mind tonight, Dave? There was not. Awesome. Thanks for That's HB 624 if anyone wants to look it up. I have not looked it up. I have not either. This is the first time hearing about it. It sounds fantastic, though. And Cheshire County here in New Hampshire is already what they call a sanctuary county, mm-hmm. which means that if the police or the if any law enforcement, presumably not the FBI because they don't follow state laws but or county laws, any law enforcement activity that happens in Cheshire County, they're not allowed to ask a person their immigration status, whether they're a citizen or an unlawful resident or whatever term would be, which is great. But I criticized Eli Rivera for this when I ran for sheriff you know, four years ago, as a, six years ago as a libertarian. Has it been that long? I think it has when I ran as a libertarian against him because like, that's useless virtue signaling. There, there aren't any illegal immigrants in Cheshire County, New Hampshire. Yeah, probably not. That's actually a good point. And if there are, there's like one, maybe two, nowhere near enough for for us to have this policy about. It's completely insane. It it serves no benefit when they could instead take a much stronger approach. If they want to take a stand against unjust laws, well, the drug war is right there, guys. Have at it. But of course, that's not what they want to do. But let's get on with the phones. We have Creighton on the line from Kentucky joining us. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, everyone. Um, I wanted to call in and talk about this uh, 21-year-old National Guardsman that was arrested for allegedly releasing a bunch of secret documents. Oh, this is the Discord leak, right? Yes, through the gaming Discord. Yeah, uh, uh, it was a Minecraft Earth Discord server, if I remember correctly, and I I think that means it's a Minecraft map that's dedicated to you know resembling 
planet Earth with continental shapes and all of that stuff. I think. Okay, and that's where it was released? Yes. That sounds very random. It is. Because, well, this dude just wanted Discord clout, right? With with the people that No, he... hang on, hang on. That's why I called in. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shed some serious doubt on this particular person. Okay. He's 21 years old. Uh-huh. He's a National Guardsman, which means that he is an Army Reservist. Yeah. He was an E3, which is means he's been promoted twice. Wasn't Chelsea Manning and, an E1? No. Are you sure about that? I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I find it extremely unlikely. I'm pretty sure Chelsea Manning was E1. But go ahead. Very likely, Chelsea Manning was knocked down to an E1 upon conviction. Um, Regardless, what what about this The guy? reason I say I, I, I'm going to shed some... Well, it's not unusual for a low-ranking enlisted man to oh, have you, a secret-level clearance. You, you are correct, Creighton. Uh, Chelsea Manning has since been reduced to an E1, but she was an E3 at the time of you know that she got involved with Weekly. So she was the same rank as this person on the Discord server. Okay, there, but there is a lot of problems here, even beyond Chelsea Manning's release. Okay, sure. Um, well, it, like I said, it, it's not unusual for a low-ranking enlisted personnel to have a secret-level clearance. And the reason for that is is because a lot of jobs contain a lot of secret information in the actual work of the job. Well, yeah. I mean, you have people like um, Edward Snowden who aren't even part of the military, who don't even have a rank, but who are private contractors, and they end up with security clearance because the United States security apparatus is completely out of control. But... Right? It is my experience that one thing that does not happen is that um, military intelligence reports, and definitely not central intelligence reports, go through the hands of of a low-ranking enlisted personnel. Um, It would be very unusual for anyone less than probably an E7 to have access to a report at all. Um, And then only reports that that are generated from within their own section of that military headed up, not down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't speak to the way that the American military functions, but I will know that Chelsea Manning seemed to have access to all sorts of things that had nothing to do with her job. And she was in E3 as well. True. Um, and a lot of things changed after that. Possibly. Um, like I said, I don't know much about the military. That from happening so. again. Um, so your contention, what, what exactly is your contention, that this whole thing is fake? No, uh, my contention is, is that um, someone else either provided those documents to said 21-year-old uh, person as the fall guy or got onto their server and posted it as them. I mean, that seems words, more than likely, I, I'd say. I, I would say that, that somebody, whoever decided to do this, was smart enough to not do it themselves. Is this person saying that's what happened? I, I can't say for certain. I'm speculating, of course. Okay, well, it seems like but, if this person wasn't the one who leaked them, they'd be like, hey, look, that wasn't me. Someone hacked my Discord credentials, right? Are they saying that? Um, 
I don't know what they're saying. And well, we what won't is this find person's name? Time, what they're saying. Why not? I, this but person hasn't made any we're gonna, public statements. We're not going to find out what they're saying for a long time because this is a military prosecution. Right, but this person hasn't made any statements to the public whatsoever? They can't. I don't know that that's true. I suspect you just haven't looked. Do you know this person's name? Uh, I I saw it, but I I don't recall it. No. I mean, it does seem like that is a possibility. And this 21-year-old's like, you know, they're young, maybe looking for whatever, discord clout or, you know, some sort of attention or that they want to seem, you know, maybe more important than they are. They get these secret documents. Maybe they would be willing to release them on someone else's behalf. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but this is all speculation with not Major much. turn in the investigation. Yeah, I don't know what that... Oh, that... Hold on. I put the guy on hold and it was... a. I opened up a link to find out what was going on with this guy. And, of course, obviously, some stupid autoplay video started. And I panicked and I hit the hold button because I assumed that was where it was coming from because we always <laughs> have these muted. So, sorry, Creighton, you are still with us. Okay. Yeah, so sorry about the autoplay. So, anyway, the guy's name is Jax Tissera, from what I can tell. Um not seeing any public statements from him, but like all I've done at this point is Googled the guy's names. I haven't looked much into this at all. I mean, I heard about it briefly, but I haven't done any sort of research on this topic. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, I, I again heard about it. I pulled in some show prep, I think, for it last week, but we ended up not getting into it. So I guess it's a good time to thank you so much for the call tonight, Creighton, and for the, the kick in the rear that this is stuff that's happening and we have literally not talked about it. I'm not at all surprised. You know, I think you said that this person was popular in the in this Discord server. I this is not surprising to me at all that this person in chasing clout with his friends revealed some classified information. This isn't even the first time we've seen it, right? Yeah. Like there's a World of Tanks, I believe, is the video game in question that a few months ago, maybe it was even a few weeks ago. This guy wrote to the developer saying, "Hey, you got these details about this tank wrong." And they said, no, we didn't. He said, yes, you did. Here are the classified documents proving that you got it wrong. And like he literally turned over classified documents proving that this company had got wrong. It's it's the the urge of people to be right on the Internet. And that's what it is, right? So people are just a lot of people are driven to wanting to be right. And, oh, I'm going to prove that you're wrong and I'm going to do something very dumb because, okay, I'm not against releasing classified documents when... It's going to help people, right? Right. But just to do it, just to say, hey, I know something that you don't know, and this is how I'm going to prove it, because this is some U.S. military classified documents, that's not important at all. That's not helping anyone at all. That's just doing something very dumb that's going to get you in a lot of trouble for absolutely no reason. Yeah, not having looked into this extensively, I have to agree. My gut tells me that this guy was talking to his friends, he was like, you know, I'm a high up figure in the military i'm important and they were like dude you're you're full of crap you you're basically saying that you're a navy seal with 50 confirmed sniper kills under your belt shut up and go home and he's like no no i'll prove it look at this leaked document that's what my gut tells me but let's let's go to the actual facts i've got something from abc and fox news here based on which one of these you want to believe a federal judge on wednesday agreed to delay a detention hearing for massachusetts air national guardsman jack douglas tisera uh, probably butchering that name, I don't know, which is granting a request for the defense. Now, so this guy was a Massachusetts Air National Guardsman because all of the National Guards are actually state-run, if yeah, I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah. 
So Tissera also waived his right to a preliminary hearing Wednesday, according to court documents, and he made a brief appearance in Boston's federal courthouse. So this is not currently a military matter. He's not facing a military tribunal. He seems to be facing an ordinary federal courthouse. The detention hearing previously scheduled for Wednesday was postponed for around two weeks. Antisera will continue to be detained. No firm date was decided on during the brief appearance. Now, I'm surprised to hear that the defense requested a stay in the hearing because that's going to mean that he's detained that much longer instead of, you know, possibly being released. And it seems unlikely that they would release the guy, but they might. You know, he's not... He didn't do anything violent here. He did something stupid. That doesn't matter. It kind of does, though, Matt. I mean, it, it matters to us, but it doesn't matter to the government or the U.S. military. Definitely may, not. Maybe not in Massachusetts, but here in New Hampshire, it does seem to make a huge difference to the judges in the federal court system, whether or not you're, one, a flight risk or whether or not you're a violent person. And, I mean, he's in the military, so he's definitively a violent person. However... He probably doesn't have the resources to even be a flight risk. But this is you know, all the more reason why you shouldn't be chasing clout from people you've never met in Discord chats with a bunch of trolls and autistic bronies. The defense requires more time to address the issues presented by the government's request for detention, said uh, T. Sarah's attorney. OK, so that was the reason why the government has put forth the way these things work and happen to be somewhat of an expert on these things, they arrest you and the prosecutors say, we want this person to be detained and here are the reasons why we want this person to be detained. And the defense attorney says, no, these reasons are wrong for this reason. And a magistrate at first says, okay, I'm granting the release or I'm granting the detention of this person, at which point the defense either is set free or they appeal it to the judge who's going to actually oversee the case at hand. And evidently... The prosecutors and the defense are disagreeing in this particular case. And because of that, Cicera, God, I've got to look up how to pronounce this name, continues to be detained. And his attorney wants more time to look into the arguments that the prosecutors are putting forward about why Cicera should continue to be detained. Maybe you've already heard more about this. Give us a call. What are your thoughts about it? 603-803-2428. That's not even the right number. I should bump that. It's Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. It is. 
is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join us, 603-283-6160. If you want to do that, that's actually the correct number, the 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And you can weigh in with your thoughts on this uh, Discord leaker, as as he's currently known. He is being detained, evidently, somewhere in Massachusetts for presumably releasing classified information. I haven't seen any statements from this guy denying responsibility from this. I haven't seen any statements from the guy at all. He's certainly not being held in a media blackout or anything like that. Presumably, if this guy wanted to make a statement, he could. And he's not currently being put forward into a military tribunal or any of that other stuff. So I don't know. Uh, evidently, Texera did have the highest level security clearance granted by the federal government for top secret information. So despite being an E3, this is what I would expect that, you know, if your job is in military intelligence, then your rank isn't nearly as important as being able to access things, right? It's probably going to depend on your actual job, what your clearance level is more so than your actual rank. Because even if yeah. you're even if you're a colonel, if you're just overseeing some military base in Kuwait, you're not going to have top secret security clearance because you just don't need that information. This guy, evidently, he did have the highest level security clearance, and he used that information, he used that clearance to release information onto Discord, some of which was, I mean, none of which was surprising. It was like, okay, the United States is monitoring the situation in Ukraine, and the only surprising thing to me was that the U.S. military has actual soldiers fighting in Ukraine. And even that wasn't like... like well, it wasn't super surprising. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I could have guessed that. I w- absolutely would have a gu- guessed that. I, I certainly don't think it's surprising that it happened. But, you know, some people are, I guess. But let's keep going to the phone. 603-283-6160. We have Alu on the line from here in New Hampshire. Alu, you're on Free Talk Live. You're right at libertyblock.com, by the way, for anyone who wants to check out more of his work. Yes, libertyblock.com, and I just wrote a new book, actually, um, How Amazing is the U.S. Constitution. It's super cheap, super short and simple on Amazon, so check that out, please. The U.S. Constitution is not for liberty at all, after all. Um, okay. anyway, I, I was wondering, because like, I don't think of the U.S. Constitution as being pro-liberty, but when you start out with how amazing is it, I think, okay, all right, you, you've got my attention. I was assuming that was sarcasm. <laughs> Evidently, it yeah, is. Yeah, the answer is not very, it's not very amazing. It's terrible. Yeah. So what's on your mind tonight? I want to respond. I think last night I listened to the podcast, and Ian mentioned a few things about credit cards and budgeting. Um, the one thing he mentioned, he seemed to wonder why if you close down a credit card or if they close it down for you, your credit score drops. My understanding is that the credit score, the agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, all that stuff, they monitor your credit based on a lot of parameters, and it's pretty transparent, I think. One of them is your uh, average life of, your, of an account. So if you have five credit cards and the average credit card is three years old, you have a certain score. So that's why if you close one, if it was one of your older ones, you close it, the average age of the credit cards in that basket is now younger on average. So, yeah, that's so it's, why. I have a credit card. I was just going to say that's why they usually advise you not to close out credit cards, even if you're not using it. Leave it open because that's going to keep your like total amount of credit you have available higher and the length of the credit, like the age of the credit is going to be exactly. older as and well. I think 
I think the same principle applies for all accounts. For instance, like a, a lease, you know, a lease, a mortgage, any kind of debt you have, that's an account. And if you pay it off, meaning it's gone, which is a good thing, you are supposed to, then the average age of all of the accounts in your basket goes down because you paid off an old one. And now your credit will drop a little bit. So I, I believe that's how it works. And it has happened to me a few times. Not too big a deal, but that's, that's the basics of, I think, how that works. It is very confusing how it works. I think I have to agree with you that the system is more transparent than we seem to give it credit for, especially these. It used to not be as transparent, right? You used to have to write to some governmental agency and you could only do this once a year for free. And that was the only way you could actually find out what was actually in your credit score. Oh, or your credit I didn't report. know that. That's how it was like 15 years ago before Credit Karma. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a before different one. Before I was concerned with it. <laughs> there was a different one before Credit Karma. And I don't remember what their what their name was. Like FreeCreditReport.com, yep. I think yeah. was it. And they seemed to do what Credit Karma promised to do, except they actually didn't. I think they monitored one credit bureau and it was all it wasn't very transparent yeah the the rise of credit karma really changed the credit game i think and it it made me aware of exactly what things are doing that affect my credit score and you're absolutely right the age of the accounts is the biggest deal mm-hmm. there there is both a metric of your average age account and your oldest account and my oldest account recently closed because it was a car loan for you know a a car that I bought and eventually you pay that off and it stops. I wanted to extend the loan, right? Like, hey, this is my oldest piece of credit. You know, if we close it, my score is going to go down. So can you just give me a new loan for some other nonsense and I'll just put the car back up as collateral for that? But you know, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to go through all of that. And it's like, I'd rather just have the car paid off. So unfortunately, that closed down. And sure enough, it took down my credit score by like 20 something points because, mm-hmm. you know, there's your oldest line of credit, and it's closed now. It's, yeah, well, what are you going to do, right? But I, I do think it yeah. is more transparent than we tend to give it credit for. Yeah, and I've, I've written a few articles on LibertyBlock.com about credit and stuff like that, basic financial advice and stuff. Of course, disclaimer, not a financial advisor and all that. Um, but one of, one of them kind of gives my spreadsheet that I've used for my, my finances and budgeting for the last, like, five, ten years, and it's helped me to never, like, really carry a credit card debt I paid off in full every month. And the simple trick in the spreadsheet, the, the biggest trick I use is to look at, in fact, I make it, like, transparent. I don't look at the figure of my bank account balance, my checking account. Okay. Um, I do that with a function minus my total credit card usage at the moment in real time. And then I look at the net, which I call the true net of what I actually have. Because if I have 5000 in the bank and 3000 on the credit card, I really have a net $2,000 because that 3000 will be paid in full every month. So I don't think I have 5000 I think to myself, I trick my brain like a brain hack. I have $2,000, meaning I can't go buy a $3,000 gut because I don't have the money. So I if think people I'm look following at that, this. It's all very confusing, and I process information better visually than I do orally. So I'm not 100% sure, but what you're basically saying is that you don't consider money that you have on your credit card to be money that you have, essentially, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, my, my bank balance, I just subtract from it what I have on my credit card usage because I will owe that in a few weeks. And it's very simple, like credit card, like Ian said last night, it's not free money. It's, now, it does give you, like, essentially a, a 30- to 60-day loan because you get a statement, then you just do it 30 days later. So it's like a 30- sure, to 60-day free interest rate yeah. loan, which is great if you do, you know, as far as short-term loans with current interest rates is actually phenomenal because um, it gives you some time, but it's not free money. And I think that's a great way to look at it, too, because I think a lot of people that don't look at it that way and don't tend to pay off their full credit card balance every month, 
tend to get themselves into a lot of debt and other financial trouble. So it's a good practice to have. It absolutely is. And thank you so much. That's libertyblock.org, right? Or is it dot com? Dot com. I don't know why I always think it's dot org. Yeah. That's libertyblock.org. If you want to find those articles or you want to find Alu's latest book, yeah. you can find all of that there. I would highly recommend the average person just put some thought into your financial habits because yeah. in my experience, most people don't. They just spend whatever they want to spend on any given day and they don't know whether or not they can actually spend that money. Yeah. Or, or they may be aware to some extent like, oh, okay, I need to withhold my electricity bill for this month or the money for the electricity bill for this month, and, but they don't actually do it. Instead, they go out and they go get a $50 bar tab or whatever, and they end up you know, not being able to pay their bills. It, it's sad, and there are ways that you can prevent it. So that's libertyblock.com if you want to check that out. And I also want to say Alu's books are fabulous. They're available. He has them on Amazon. You can get them on your Kindle. He has some audiobooks available, but they're really, um, really some good information on there. And he has several books. So I would highly recommend people go and check out his books. He does. Fun fact. There is no... He was the top seller at the Pork and Vine Freedom Festival for books several years in a row. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting here w- mentally waiting on the music bed to start. And I was like, why is that? Why is there no music bed? And it's because we don't have, we go to break at 743 anymore. Yeah. You think I would be used to that by this point, but I'm not, I haven't slept at like all, which isn't terribly unusual for Wednesdays, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more extreme right now because you know my sentencing hearing is coming up in like, Six days. Yeah. And that's a stressful matter. But speaking of stressful matters, T. Sarah is currently in federal detention. Well, he's in, he's in jail. And I, I don't think he's in federal custody yet. He's probably just in some county jail or whatever, awaiting trial or awaiting this detention hearing. He was arrested at his home in North Dighton, Massachusetts. Never heard of it. Don't know anything about it. In connection with a trove of classified documents that have been re- leaked online in recent months. So again, Tixera had the highest level security clearance and was most recently stationed at some Air Force base that I don't care about. Attorney General Merrick Garland said Tixera is being investigated for the alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. And they do have a little image here showing the guys. It looks like he was taken into custody, not by any police force, but by an actual military act by armed tactical agents. Like these are military dudes arresting him. Well, that is shocking to see. Unfortunately, Fox news isn't telling us what this guy's statements are. If he's making any steps, I'm not terribly surprised. They love the military. Yeah. So does ABC. The entire media apparatus loves the military, but let's see what they have to say. An internet user claiming to, because already I can tell by this first paragraph that they're giving significantly more information over here on ABC. So let's go to them. An internet user claiming to be a member of the small online community where a, okay, so they, I had to process this. So they interviewed a different guy who was on this Discord server. And that's who was speaking here. He's remaining anonymous and they, they used the entire first half of this paragraph to say, we interviewed another user of this server, and this is what he had to say. They just went into a really roundabout way of saying, and apparently the guy is very smart, was always one step ahead of everyone. Well, he wasn't one step ahead of the FBI here, was he? He's got to be kind of dumb to take classified information that not a whole lot of people have access to and to post it 
to a public place like Discord, hoping maybe that Discord wouldn't give the federal government your information or that there was somehow nothing connecting you online. And there has to be some way to track. Even if Discord didn't, there would have to be some way to track that. I suspect there is because like your Steam, your Steam account can be connected to your Discord account and your Steam account can be connected to your Twitter probably or to your Twitch page. All of these online accounts are very easily connected together. It's a real small step to find someone's Discord handle to see that they're streaming live on Twitch and to click their Twitch link and then you see their real name and you go find them on Facebook and just like that you can find out everything you want to know about them. Especially if they do stupid stuff like posting classified information publicly, they probably are putting their real names on some of this stuff. But like Discord is going to turn your information over to the government, right? Like, Yeah, Discord's not going to go to bat in this kind of case. No, I mean, they should. As a social media platform, I would argue they should refuse to oh, yeah. provide the identity of leakers. As you point out, when those leaks are actually useful and valuable. From what I can tell, these are not useful or valuable. It was just him flexing on some random internet Yeah, this isn't like an Edward Snowden case. No. In an interview with ABC News conducted on the social media platform Discord, a user using the name Vaki said he was a longtime member of the server. And this was, they're not even saying the name of the server. But I'm almost positive I remember seeing that it was a Minecraft Earth server. And I don't even know what that is because I don't play Minecraft. Imagine playing Minecraft in 2023, right? I actually do. I mean, maybe if, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I was running my own Minecraft server. So and that was probably at some point this year uh, with some friends of mine, actually. And so people are still playing Minecraft this year, but like, I don't, I don't I'm concerned about anyone who has Minecraft as a big enough part of their life still that they're on a Minecraft server. Unless you're streaming the game or something, it's like, dude... This this boat sh- uh, set sail, you know, 15 years ago. This is when Minecraft was at... World of Warcraft was still at the height of its popularity when Minecraft was at the height of its popularity. Playing it now is just kind of weird. It's like playing Super Mario 64, like, constantly, and being like, yeah, this game is great. It's like, yeah, okay. Are you okay? <laughs> The nostalgia, though, you know? Which, I, I speed run the original Zelda from, what, 35 years ago? So I get it. Nostalgia is an important thing. So two administrators on the separate larger Discord server where images of the alleged documents were shared to a much wider audience. Why did they write this like this? Told ABC News that Vaki was a member. Oh, my dear God. Okay, let me try this again. See if you can follow this at home. Two administrators on the separate larger Discord server where images of the alleged documents were subsequently shared to a much wider audience told ABC News that Vaki was a member of the smaller tight-knit group where Tessera allegedly posted the images. Wow. Did you follow they just, that? They I, just I didn't really follow that at all. drug that whole sentence out. I think what they're saying is that two admins on this larger server had... The, the content shared to their larger server from the smaller server. So Tissera didn't post the information to the Minecraft Earth server. He posted it to a smaller server with maybe 15 or 20 people. And someone there then shared it to the oh. bigger server. So he, from what, from what I can gather, they wrote this in a really stupid way. He shared it with a group of friends, which is still a terrible idea. You don't want to do this with classified information, but like, 
I get why he would be more willing to do that with like 10 or 15 or 20 trusted friends as opposed to the entire world. That's what I'm taking away from this. I don't know because they wrote that in the most ridiculous possible way they could have. And I think it's always important, even if you're sharing something on a Discord chat or wherever with a trusted group of friends, if you're posting something online, even like text messages, anything like that, assume that it's being seen by someone you don't want to see it. You are absolutely right. That's wonderful advice. And yes, we were correct. That is how they're saying this. The group... The Discord server on which he actually posted this content was a total of 25 people. So it wasn't a very big crowd. That's that's about how many people are on my Discord server. And it's just some, some friends and I who game together. Mm-hmm. And it's just a Discord server of mine because I created it way back in the day when I was playing this other game called Travel Wars. And so when we needed a Discord server, I was like, hey, I've got one that's already ready to go. Let's just use it. And it's got about 25 members. In, but still... Even though I know all of these people in real life, I wouldn't post like classified. Okay, if I have classified material, I wouldn't post it anyway because that's stupid. Unless it was like Edward Snowden type stuff where like this is critically important. The world needs to know that the U.S. government is doing this. If it was something stupid like this, I just wouldn't do it. But anyway, all of that said, that makes more sense to me than posting it to the wider server. So Vaki... Described himself as a minor, and that's what suggests to me that Tissera actually did not know these people. He, there was this Discord server of 25-ish people. One of them was a minor, and that's not a problem, except it suggests to me he doesn't know them personally because, I don't know, the moment I turned 18, I kind of stopped hanging out with people who weren't 18 because the, the consequences that I faced were significantly higher than anything they faced. Like when I was 17, buying a pack of cigarettes for my 16-year-old friend was meaningless. It was inconsequential. But the moment I turned 18, well, that became an actual charge called contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Whereas at 17, it, it was nothing. It wasn't a police force or hanging out with my 16-year-old friend and getting them drunk. If I was 17, yeah. not a big deal. But if I was 18, I'm the adult in the room and I'm the one being charged. So pretty much as soon as I turned 18, I stopped hanging out with people who weren't. So that that suggests to me that Vaki and Tixera did not actually know each other. Or maybe they did because that would be one of the few contexts where I would understand a... I, I don't understand how this Discord group for, formed... I don't understand what that consisted of or what bonded them together. But it doesn't seem to me like it was knowing each other personally. But let's keep going with the phones because we are the Colin Show. And you are invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160. Even if you don't like me, like, uh, what's that dude's name? Ricky, out in Pennsylvania, just cannot stand me for some reason. You're welcome to call. Everyone except James and David from New Mexico. And David, technically, you're you're not banned. But I'm not going to take your call. Let's get. However, I will take Tom's call. Tom is on the line from with us here in New Hampshire. A lot of New Hampshire callers tonight. I like that. Tom, you're yeah, on from Talk Live. A, a few days ago, a brewery was promoting, uh, I think, women's uh, rights, uh, the women's movement. They decided to ha- have a spokesperson there. They sent uh, a promotion. They had this man who's pretending to be a woman. Oh, I knew that's where uh, this was going. <laughs> I did too. The moment he said woman. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the man who was pretending to be a woman who... Uh, was this was, a trans woman? Well, uh, well uh, you, you could call him trans, but he's not a woman because he's really a man. 
So uh, anyway. Uh, no, I didn't. He, okay, what's this person's name? Because I'm confused now. Was this like a drag queen? Uh, Dylan. Uh, oh, okay. Dylan, what's, what's oh, Dylan. Yeah, the infamous Dylan. Dylan, Dylan. Yeah. yeah, Dylan yeah. Mulvaney. Yeah, trans yeah. woman. Yeah, Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. Anyway, Have you seen this person? Uh, uh, what What he's doing? Um, some people are boycotting yeah. that brewery. Tom, have you seen because... Dylan Mulvaney? Are you talking about Bud Light? Uh, yeah. See, <laughs> I'm thinking I, I you're talking about some a... local brewery. I thought he was talking about first. Bud Light. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I think of brewery here in New Hampshire, I especially, think of like, yeah, yeah, like Wachusett Brewery or 603, you know, like. Yeah, because there's a lot one. of them here. So, Tom, yeah. have you seen Dylan Mulvaney? Uh, anyway, no, I, I've never seen, I never met him. Uh, okay, have you seen pictures of her? Of uh, him? Uh, I, yeah, I have. I, I've seen uh, pictures of him. What uh, about from, Dylan Mulvaney's appearance suggests to you that you should call this person he, him? Uh, well, the fact that uh, he he's a man and therefore call you, him he. How do you know he's have a man? Have you seen it? Because, <laughs> uh, well, that's what they're saying anyway, is that he's really a man. Okay, but what do your eyes tra- tell you, Tom? Uh, if he's, I, I, when they say transgender woman, they mean a man who's uh, pretending to be a woman. That's what a transgender man, uh, woman is. Okay, so you're just going to believe whatever anyone tells you about this person? A- anyway, no, what this I is important, be Tom, because you're talking to a trans person here, and I just want to understand where you're coming from. What, what I, I think would be hilarious is if... You uh, answered a they, question? Go ahead. The, the pro-LGBTQ uh, uh, people decide to show their support for the brewery, uh, the Transheiser-Busch uh, brewery. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Tom. That's the first I've heard that. I like it. Yeah, the queen of beers. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That's good. You, oh, yeah. I've been reading all this good stuff That's on good, Twitter about this. But anyway, what if they decide they're going to support uh, the brewery by going out and buying all this beer and they stack it in their refrigerator, and they drink it, and then, of course, they drink too much, and they barf, and they drink some more, and then they can't get up in the morning and go to work, and they lose their job, and they spend all their money on all this beer. Tom, 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 Have you ever drank Bud Light? Full, and when the homeless shelter is Tom, full, hold on, then calm they're going to go crawl Have you ever drank Bud Light? To death. What? Have you ever drank Bud Light? I I think I I don't know if I've ever drank, drank that particular brand, but uh, okay. I well, think one is terrible. Two, yeah, that four percent alcohol. I mean, yeah. that really hits you. You cannot drink enough of this stuff to vomit from it, right? Like the amount of time it would take you to that you would be sober before you could drink that much beer. It's I, I'm convinced it's impossible to drink enough Bud Light to get yeah vomiting drunk from it. Probably. Well, you know I've what I been, think. I, I've, I certainly drank enough beer to get vomiting drunk, and it's not a whole lot more alcohol of the uh, the higher stuff than the, the light stuff. But uh, what, what I'm getting at is if they go out and they drink all this stuff and then they can't uh, go to work and they lose their jobs and they keep drinking and they spend all their money Why would on beer so they can't pay the rent, and then they, they go and... Uh, Tom, and why would that be good? Well, then they, they go on the street and panhandle, and when the homeless shelter is full, they crawl into an alley and they freeze to death, and then there's one less trans person okay. out there. Oh, good so that's, that's why it's good. So you're an evil monster that wants people to die? Well, if, they, if it's their choice. It's... So this, no, this is what you want. A... You said this would be good. Yeah, you're wishing it upon I, these people. I think people. it would be you're... hilarious. You, you would laugh at people dying. 
If that's what they want, they drink so much that they die just to. to Tom, that's absolutely rules. horrific. And I can't imagine being such an evil I person mean, that I laugh at people just, dying. Just, just everything about that is so dumb. Because first of all, we're talking about Bud Light, so that's the first laughable thing. Second of all, one night of drinking isn't gonna. I mean, it's just. I can't even believe we're still talking about this. No, and the reason that Bud Light did this is because people under the age of 35 who aren't conservative rednecks just aren't drinking Bud Light. And they're like, hey, we have to appeal to a new audience or we're going to die out in the next 15 to 20 years when all of these potbelly alcoholics die of natural causes and from, you know, not taking care of themselves. 603-283-6160. Don't be an evil monster. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves, even if what you want to spout is hateful, evil nonsense. Of course, we will push back against it, as we did there with Tom, who did have some pretty amusing lines that I hadn't heard before. Tranheiser Bush. That's yeah, I liked the Queen of Beer, yeah. so that was a good one. I had not heard either of they those They should things. use that. Uh, Bud Light should use that. They should. I, I wish they had put that on Dylan Mulvaney's can, right? Like, we give you the Queen of Beers. That would have been fantastic. But I think Budweiser is the king of beers and not Bud Light. Yeah. It's a branding thing. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. Or maybe you know more about how the military works and why this Tissera guy, or maybe you just know how to pronounce his name, has a better idea why he had such high security clearance anyway, despite being what they're calling an E3, which again was Chelsea Manning's rank. So I don't, I never found that to be much. I remember arguing with someone on, I want to say it was Facebook back at the time when Chelsea Manning was first arrested. The argument that this person put forward was, well, there's, it's nonsense because there's no way this, this E1, I thought it was an E1, had access to this classified information. Rah, rah, rah. And I didn't know anything about the military. I still don't know anything about the military. I'm not interested in hired killers and learning about the weird little systems that hired killers have in place. So that's where I stand on it. But Vaki is this person who was among the 25 people who were members of this Discord server that Sarah posted this stuff to. He said Tissera, quote, supported members of their small online community. So it was a it was a circle within a circle of friends. From, from what I'm gathering from this, right, you have this large server, the Minecraft Earth server, with like several hundred, if not thousands of members. Well, 25 of those had presumably played together and become better friends than most people do, voice chatting on Minecraft and Discord and all that. So they created their own smaller server. And it was there that Tissera posted this information. And evidently, he supported members of their small online community as the COVID-19 pandemic took a toll on their mental health, which is good. But it again, it wasn't the COVID-19 pandemic that did this. It was government lockdowns. Yeah. It was forcing people out of their jobs and into their homes away from one another. That was what took the toll on people's mental health, not the pandemic. He was compassionate for people's problems, always. He would always walk us through and help us with that, Vaki said. And I mean, obviously, this is over the course of many years. He was super nice to everyone to the point where you wouldn't even notice it at some point. So that's good. A glowing recommendation. 
Evidently, the guy was really nice. Most of us, wow, this took a weird turn. Vaki said the topic of religion was popular on their small Discord server. Kind of surprising. Yeah, I've never really thought about religion as being a popular topic, Out, honestly, outside of atheist groups. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it a bunch here. That's true, but, well, okay, fair enough. Most of us were Orthodox Christian, Vaki said, explaining that the group had a separate channel where members could share good prayers to say and good places to pray at. So, okay, so they were like hardcore Christians on this Minecraft server. So they created their own server that was not a Christian server, but they had like a dedicated channel like, hey, post a good place to pray at here. That's almost alarmingly wholesome. Vaki described Tixera as a Christian with politics that were, quote, libertarian at most. Okay. I'm perplexed. I don't know of too many libertarians who are active in the military. I know a lot of... I know a few. I know a lot of libertarians who are former military, but I don't know of too many who are active military. Because it seems like if you're going to be in the military, how can you be a libertarian, right? I think... I'm starting to realize that there is a very wide spectrum of what people consider libertarian and some of it we might consider more conservative, but those people still consider themselves libertarian and they do have some libertarian ideals that are legitimate, but we just might also disagree on a lot of other things. Okay, fair enough. Like Tom there from New Hampshire, who we spoke with earlier, calls himself libertarian. But but he's just a conservative, from what I can but tell. But doesn't want have people to have freedom to be what they want to be. Right, because he's a conservative rather than a libertarian. This pair, Vaki and Tisera, first met on a server for fans of the YouTuber Oxide, who I've never heard of, who posts videos about weapons and the military. Oxide, who did not disclose his real name, told ABC News that he remembered banning Vaki and Tisera from the community years ago for repeatedly posting racist memes oh this just keeps taking crazy turns that i am not expecting fox fox had none of this very disappointed them well i mean how disappointed can i really be in fox news but vaki said his motivation for speaking with abc news was to clear up misconceptions around sarah namely that the accused leaker is a racist well they did talk to a youtuber who banned him for posting racist memes now I remember, I seem to remember when once upon a time you could post images in YouTube comments, right? Or has it always Honestly, been just text? I thought it was always just text. Yeah, but maybe I so. don't comment a whole ton on YouTube. Maybe he joined so. their dis- maybe he joined um, Oxide's Discord server and posted the racist memes there. I don't know, and I'm not saying the guy's a racist, but I mean he's posting racist memes. Vaki acknowledged that some members of the group posted, quote, funny memes that might appear racist, sexist, or transphobic to outsiders. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But he claimed that Tissera did not participate in posting them. Vaki said the group had a diverse membership and that when members complained, offending content was removed. So these Orthodox Christians might be racist, sexist, and transphobic. I think they typically are. Yeah, that sounds about right to me, honestly. The Washington Post last week reported to have reviewed a video that featured Tissera at a shooting range, making a series of racial and anti-Semitic slurs into the camera before firing several rounds at a target. And I'm not 
surprised to hear that based on what there is. He, he seemed like he was nice to people within his own community, and that's important, right? But what's revealing to me is how a person treats people outside Absolutely. of their community, right? It's how you treat people who are different. That means the most to me. And one of the ways that I measure people is by how they treat animals. Yeah. Because that's that to me says more about a person than anything else. How you treat creatures that are not as big as you, are not mm-hmm. as smart as you, and that somewhat rely on you, that to me is the critical mark of a good person or a bad person. And how you treat people outside of your group, obviously another critical aspect. People seem to have this mob, mob mentality, Auntie Sarah already, without understanding him further. He is a good person at the end of the day, Vaki said, and that's probably true if you're a white Orthodox Christian. But if you're a, a Jew or a black person or an LGBTQ person or a woman, evidently, he might be somewhat less of a good person. I, I said might. I don't know, right? I'm just going off what they said here. But I do know that people who aren't racists don't post racist memes as a general rule, right? I don't post racist memes because I'm not racist. I don't v- post sexist memes because I'm not sexist. I may post a transphobic meme. I'm not 100% sure. You may find some memes I posted that are transphobic. I mean, I will say I've definitely posted some sexist memes. Maybe not on like like within a small group of friends if they're really funny. Like but an, like, it, like it is possible. Like a sexist against women meme? Both both ways. Okay. You know, because it, it can be funny, but I wouldn't like post it on Facebook because I'm not actually sexist. But if you come across a meme that's funny and offensive, because that's kind of just my sense of humor. Yeah, I can I relate. will share it within, you know, like a group of friends that I know will be receptive to it. But doesn't actually mean we're racist or sexist or whatever. Okay, that's a really good point. What one is willing to say publicly is also important because I, I can think of some some memes that I've seen that I'm just like, I, I'm not posting that. And I'll post like, just I'll about anything, it. right? I'll laugh at it, but I won't post it. <laughs> right. And instead, I will send it to like another friend of mine who I know has as screwed up a sense of humor as I do, or to a group of friends who have almost as screwed up as a sense of humor as I do. But publicly, no. And I'll post it to these people and not because I'm racist or sexist or because I agree with the man, but because I'm like, man, that's really messed up. And it's really, really funny. Like, like Tranheiser Bush is really, really funny. Yeah, it's messed up and I wouldn't support it. Right. When I when I laughed at that, it wasn't because I like the idea. It's more it's just this is ridiculous. I can't believe yes, people are saying this. Exactly. So, t- so I can't necessarily say that Tisera is racist for posting racist memes. But doing so publicly is a little bit different, right? Like some of these memes that I'm thinking of that are transphobic or sexist or whatever that I might post to a circle of friends, I would never put online. And that's because, you know, other people, strangers wouldn't have the context to understand that when I make a dead baby joke, it's not because I actually think that dead yeah. babies are funny, right? That's that's a really good way of looking at it, I yeah. think. So Tisera took an interest in educating the group, Vaki, called, Vaki recalled, claiming the airman was not interested in clout or winning arguments. Well, that seems to be up for dispute. He just wanted us to be informed ahead of the news cycle, Vaki told ABC News. I mean, but there is a way of sharing information without sharing the actual classified documents. Absolutely. But when it came to the classified documents that Tissera first allegedly transcribed and shared in the group, few members seemed to take an interest. And I'm not surprised, man. 
if some if I was in a Discord server and someone posted classified information, I think I would probably leave the server. I mean, yeah, that's probably a wise what? idea. And I think also if if the server is about something different, you know, if it if it's about video games, also a really good point. Yeah, most of those people probably aren't even concerned with what's in the news, and if they are, that's not where they want to get that information from. That's true. They play the video game to escape from that sort yeah. of thing. Bucky, however, said there was a lack of response, and the lack of response did not make Tixera upset. Instead, Bucky said the muted response led Tixera to abandon the laborious task of transcription in favor of printing and photographing the documents, which required less effort. So initially, he was just sort of telling people what these things saw, and when they weren't interested, he was like, okay, well, I will just send you the actual photographs of these things, but... If they're not interested, don't just, share the information yeah, with them. Yeah, just drop it. Right. But it seems like he wanted to do this for, for one reason or another, even though his friends didn't seem to be interested. He didn't want to put a lot of effort into it, but he still wanted to do it. And I don't know why i not inside the guy's head. And typically, it's common knowledge that sharing classified documents is a really you know big deal in the military and in the state's eyes. The so I think that's, yeah. you know, that's that's common knowledge. And I'm sure whatever training he got in the military before he had access to any of this information and all of these clearances, I'm sure they told him that beforehand. Like, hey, all this stuff we tell you, you know, if it has this certain seal on it or if it says this, you can't share this information with anybody. You can't even tell people about this information. Never mind uploading the actual documents to a Discord server. Later, in early March, images of the leaked documents appeared on a larger Discord server dedicated to the YouTube creator Wow Mal. These images were posted by a young user known by the name username Luca, according to re- records reviewed by ABC News. So, he posted them to Discord himself, but he did not share them publicly himself. Someone else, presumably, downloaded the images and then shared them into a larger server. For whatever reason. So there, there, so clearly that person took an interest in it. Yes. And there was some amount of detective work. Like they had to trace back who actually posted them to this server. And that was someone named Luca, apparently. And they had to trace, like, how did you get them? And he took them to the, the smaller server with the 25 people or whatever. And that was where he got them. So at least the guy did not publicly post them himself to this large server, which is at least good because it's obvious that Discord is going to turn over your information to the government. Discord admins for the server previously described Luca to ABC News as a hyperactive kid. He was still a little kid on the server, but he was a good kid, you know? He's mid to late teens, says an admin. And good God, did this... You, I'm removing all the times this guy said the word like because Ugh. it's excessive. And he I mean, was they always, should have done that anyways. I get it's a direct quote, but you can still tweak it a little bit to make it, you know... Readable. readable, yeah. He joined the vo- voice call to listen when he was in school, but he was always active. ABC is withholding Luca's real name. Vaki said that he and Luca are close friends, but claimed that Luca and Tixera had minimal contact. But they did have contact through this server, and that was how all of this seems to have happened. It's all tragic, but I'm not seeing anything here that makes you think, oh, no, th- this is the fall guy for something else. I acknowledge that that's still possible, and it's not beyond the the realm of possibility for the government to do something like that. But it seems to me like this guy was just sharing information to his friends. And one of them took that information to a larger server, which and all of it ultimately got traced back to him. 
If what they're saying here is true, and I don't know, the guy hasn't had a trial yet, so he may be completely innocent. I don't know. That's just what the news is saying. And that that's tragic. And he's now being held in Massachusetts. I don't think there's really anything more to really add on the subject here. 603-283-6160. I wish I could say that, you know, all leakers should be protected. And, you know, generally, I think the government should not have secrets from the people who, you know, pay the government's bills and the people who elect the government. I think if there's anything the government knows, it should be able to share that with us. And it shouldn't be engaged in the act of war or needing secrets from other governments. Because that's that's their argument, right? Well, we have to keep our military secrets away from Russia. And because of that, we can't just share them with the public at large. It's like, well, if you weren't enemies with half the world, that wouldn't be a problem. 603-283-6160. There is more coming up here. The FBI is also arresting people out of New York. I've had this story for a few days. And it's I first heard about these Chinese police outposts. A few months ago, and evidently these are Chinese government officials in the United States and in other places throughout the world who have these what they're calling police outposts set up where these people, they bring in Chinese citizens or former Chinese citizens that are living abroad and they're like, hey, the Chinese government's aware of you. They're not happy with you. You better stop saying these things or something unfortunate could happen. And it's kind of alarming that it's very alarming exist because you think a New lot York. of people are coming to America and other countries for sanctuary. Like, oh, I don't like how things are going in my home country. I'm going to go somewhere else because I feel safer there. And then to be reminded that because of, you know, the place of the origin of their birth, they're not going to be. Exactly. It, it is a scary thought. For years, thousands of New Yorkers and tourists have walked past an unassuming office building in Manhattan. On Monday, federal prosecutors unsealed criminal charges accusing two men of helping run an unauthorized Chinese police outpost there, one of more than a hundred around the globe used to intimidate and control China's citizens abroad and to stamp out criticism of the ruling Communist Party. And again, these are just allegations. They mean nothing. Their government arresting these people does not mean they're guilty of anything, does not mean these Chinese police outposts actually exist or actually a concern. It just means the government thinks they are, or at least the government wants you to think that they are. The two men were arrested on Monday and charged with conspiring to act as agents of the Chinese government and with obstructing justice. Now, I'm, I'm I'm unclear on what they were doing here that would have been illegal, right? Like, it's not illegal for me to say, Nikki, the Chinese government is not happy with you and they want you to stop saying negative things about them. I mean, I would assume that anyways. Right. I would assume that as well. <laughs> and I'm obviously not an agent of the Chinese government, but even if the Chinese government did have me saying that, I'm not sure what part of that is supposed to actually be illegal or in violation of any laws. It kind of sounds like fear mongering. It, yeah, it does. They are said to have used the police outpost to intimidate Chinese dissidents living in the United States on China's behalf. Charges were also unveiled in two related cases. One against 34 Chinese police officers accused of harassing Chinese nationals who lived in the New York area. And another against eight Chinese officials accused of directing a Zoom employee based in China to remove dissidents from the platform. So this Zoom employee living in China was being pressured by eight Chinese officials to remove people from Zoom 
It Zoom's not a social media platform. Yeah, I mean, they? is that I'm possible? Here. How would you be removed from Zoom? I don't know. And it doesn't say. I mean, there is a link here that I could click to find out about, but I'm not that interested in it. The Manhattan Police Outpost, court papers say, was overseen by the Fuzhou Municipal Public Security Bureau, a branch of China's Ministry of Public Security. Because, of course, like all governments, they love their bureaucracy and they love their long, unnecessary names. It is one of scores of such operations around the world that have unnerved diplomats and intelligence officials. And I can see why this would bother them. This is if China is establishing police outposts around the world, it is a blatant violation of your sovereignty. Oh, yeah. And that's not a good place for China to be in. I I don't want the Chinese government enforcing its laws or its opinions or its will Onto people who aren't in China. I don't want them enforcing it on people in China, right? Yeah. But especially not on people who have fled China to get away from the tyranny of the Chinese government. That to me, it, it oversteps so many bounds of reason and decency well beyond the decency that governments already step past by simply existing. This case represents the first time that criminal charges have been brought in connection with such a police outpost. The charges against the men whose Chinese names I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, grew out of an investigation by the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office, which conducted its operations without jurisdiction or diplomatic diplomatic approval. Obviously, the Chinese government doesn't have jurisdiction to have a police station in the United States. Today's charges, because they have to talk tough, right? That's what they do. Today's charges are a crystal clear response to the People's Republic of China that we are on to you. We know what you're doing and we will stop it from happening in the United States of America, said Brian Pierce. Peace, the U.S. Peace is this guy's last name. Actual peace, P-E-A-C-E. And yet he's a U.S. attorney based out of Brooklyn. Sad. That's ironic. Yeah. We don't need or want a secret police station in our great city. Officials described all three cases as being part of a worldwide effort to suppress criticism of China's government. The People's Republic of China, through its Ministry of Public Security, has engaged in a multi-front campaign to extend the reach and impact of its authoritarian system into the United States and elsewhere around the world. Now, they do not seem to have asked China for any responses here. I, I can't help but notice that this American news agency covering this arrest of Chinese officials has not asked anyone in China whether or not these claims are true. And maybe they would just turn it down anyway, but like the journalistic thing would be to ask. Yeah, ask the other side. And they they don't seem to have any interest in doing that. FBI counterintelligence agents search the police outposts, and they describe its location, and I find that to be completely irrelevant. The search amounted to an escalation in the global dispute over China's efforts to police its diaspora far beyond its borders or diaspora. I don't know. I've never actually tried to pronounce that word. They, they have these in other places, Ireland, Canada, the Netherlands. They've all discovered some of these places. The FBI raid in New York was the first known example of authorities seizing materials from one of the outposts. And these people are being charged. The article goes on for a very long time, but I'm not overly interested in it. You can find out more about it on our social media server. I'm going to post it there. That's social.freetalklive.com. If you want to read the article, you're welcome to because it does go into some more details. But again, these things exist. These men have not been found guilty. They've just been accused of a thing by the government. Maybe they're guilty, maybe they're not. But this is what the U.S. government wants you to know is happening or wants you to believe is happening. It's Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you want to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Stinky. And we've been talking about various things, but we're going to shift the subject now, and you're welcome to join us and weigh in on this. Uh, evidently, it is the anniversary of Waco. Yep, 30-year anniversary. See, I thought the I thought the anniversary was like a few days ago because I I saw memes about it from libertarians because yeah. it, it's like a libertarian holiday at this point. Yeah, but, it's like our version of nine eleven, right? Yeah, very much so because it's just this example of insane government overreach and just an insane reaction to what was going on at Waco, Texas, and this is one of the reasons I liked the the series Waco on Netflix was because it, it painted the incident in a relative, it, it was fairer to the FBI or not the FBI. They weren't the ones who did it. Uh, who, who was it who orchestrated the attack on Waco? I honestly don't know. I don't remember now. It, the NR, I don't remember. Anyway, it was a lot fairer to them than I would have liked because there wasn't a lot of justification for it. But, you know, it, it was relatively libertarian. It, it approached the subject in a mostly rational way, and it pointed out that the government was wrong to do what they did. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about liberty in our lifetime. Do you think that people should have the right to govern themselves? Well, October the 14th and 15th, there is the Liberty in Our Lifetime conference, and our own Mark Edge is going to be speaking there. You can use the code FTL for 10% off on your tickets at libertyinourlifetime.org. That's libertyinourlifetime.org. You can also find a list of speakers there and all manner of other things. That's happening in Prague again, October the 14th and the 15th, libertyinourlifetime.org. And use the code FTL to get 10% off on your tickets. And with Mark Edge and several others speaking there about various projects that are taking place around the globe to give people an actual place where they can be free. It's worth checking out this liberty in our org. And before we get, I was just going to say to answer your question, it was the ATF. That's it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It was the ATF. But let, before we get into the history of Waco and everything that's going on there, because Nikki, you have a, you have an article about it. Let's go to the phones. We have major pain on the line from Michigan major. You're on free talk live. Well, good evening girls. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you always go on about how hateful people are against the trans community, and I want to shed a little light on what a couple of different states have done that have got people with their pitchforks up and their torches lit. Okay. Um, Minnesota has passed a law where if an underage child comes to their state for uh, sex reassignment surgery or the drugs to do so or whatever, the parents do not have a right to go and take that child out of that state, and the state has no um, reason or law behind them to release them to you. Now, another one that's even I'm not sure worse, I followed all of that. Uh, so if they, you take your kids to a... To... No, no. If they get on a Greyhound bus and get there by them damn selves, and you I did hear about that. Where they are, the state gives you no recourse to go in and take your child. But I also and this is if you 
Okay, so if your child wants to transition, is what they're saying, and you don't want your child to, and they run away to a state where they tra- can transition? Yep. Okay. And I don't now, agree. Be, yeah, I was just going to say. Is hold, hold on, Major. I mean, what? I don't necessarily agree with, I, I I don't agree with the state making you know, any rules or regulations, but I don't agree that that should be allowed i mean i think that should be a discussion between the parents and the child and if yeah they're about they're abolishing parental rights yeah. right there i mean i, I don't, don't think know, they man. should make legislation either way and i've said that before on this show there shouldn't be legislation either way on the topic of transitioning in children or adults i kind of feel well, like if your kids you run I kind of feel like if I your kids you run away from you regardless of what that reason is they're running for a reason and it's it's sort of the responsible thing to do to not turn a runaway back over to their parents from which they're fleeing, right? A lot of times an adolescent is just fleeing himself or herself. They don't know what they want. And I can give you a prime example about that. My daughter's going through with the state right now. But before I tell you that, what Washington State did is they passed a law where if um, the child wants gender reassignment surgery in this state, they can remove the child from your house. They can just come and snatch your freaking kids because they say, I want to be gay. Okay. Well, that's not gender reassignment surgery, but right. I, I, again, I don't necessarily see the problem with this. And again, I'm with Nikki. I don't think there should be any laws on the matter, but if like, if you're trying to make your kid into something they're not, and it's probably going to make them suicidal, I would argue you probably shouldn't have parental rights. Well, and this is a parenting issue, absolutely, because if these people are like, oh, my child's damaged, they want to be trans, whatever, if they really believed that being trans isn't real and that their child isn't actually trans, they should have parented them better. So they wouldn't have became trans in the first place if that's truly what they believe, or they would have to admit that this is a legitimate thing and maybe their child actually does want to present as the opposite gender. Well, my daughter's got one, the eldest daughter, is well, not the eldest, the eldest one is already married and gone, but she's got one that's autistic and demands all kinds of attention and has crazy fits and spasms and has got that crazy retard strength. I mean, you damn near got a killer to get her to settle down. Her younger sister has been in the shadow of this her whole life. Well, she's now 14. She's got, uh, you know, uh, anxiety and, and uh, I can't even think of the word I want when you don't feel good about yourself. Uh um, I mean, not depression, self-esteem issues, well, depression, but just, you know, social anxiety and all the inner. Anyway, she's been caught multiple times stealing from the family, money, food, all kinds of stuff. The 14 year old is stealing food. Food. Yeah, that kind of points to bigger problems, man, than just anxiety or whatever. Why why is the 14 year old having to steal food? I don't her biggest issue is on her belly she stole two thousand two hundred dollars from my daughter one time that was going to go for a car payment did she also use that to buy uh, food and she went out and bought nothing but candy okay so she she did go out and buy food my daughter recovered like 60 or 70 bucks and about 20 bucks worth of candy after figuring it out after a couple days it disappeared and what had transpired 
Okay, but, again, uh, I'm not anyway. defending theft, but I'm, I'm, I have to ask again because it wasn't answered. Why is the child stealing food? I don't know. The, the, the great-grandmother there is very large, and food is a cushion when you feel bad about yourself. Just like booze is a cushion when you feel bad about yourself. People have their own pillow. I understand that. Definitely her pillow. But is she not being allowed to eat? So she no, has to steal the food? Then why she is she went, stealing it? She's 14 and she weighs more than a 20-year-old should. She, believe me, she is well-fed. So, so what you're kind of alluded to is like food is her her drug of choice, essentially? Yeah, this is her anxiety crutch. Okay. But anyway, so the other day my daughter's out confronting her in the yard about this latest theft that's gone on. Because that's and, what you uh, want to do, they, is do that out on the lawn. Well, anyway, it's in Arizona. There's not much lawn to mow. So they, they, they teach a tactic when you're dealing with crazy people. You drop to your to the dirt, and you put your legs around their ankles and lock them, and then just twist yourself, and you'll drop them right like a tree. All right? My daughter knows this. So that's what she does to the kid when she starts going crazy on her, trying to beat her up. Well, okay, so she drops her like a tree. Hold on, this 14-year-old this is not the autistic one, right? No, no, but she's, uh, she, believe me, she's 130, 40 pounds, 150 pounds probably. I mean, she's, That doesn't she's sound handful. like that she, much. Huh? <laughs> This 14-year-old girl, it's not that much. It's certainly not. This 14-year-old girl is stealing food and being tackled in the front yard by by her mother? She's not tackled. She was dropped because she was trying to beat on her mother. Her mother took issue rather than dropping her by making her fall. Okay. Okay. We we would generally call that tackling, right? I told you the I told you the process. You lock your legs around their legs and you roll your body slightly and it makes them fall over like a tree. Yeah, I don't know what part of that isn't tackling. That that sounds like tackling to me. Uh, tackling is a football maneuver, but let us not banter over silly acronyms. Anyway, so um she gets a hold of her by the scruff of the neck and she's trying to get her back to the house to deal with the situation. The little girl gets loose and spits in her face. And at this point, after dealing with this craziness for hours, probably, Amber just lost her temper and slapped her. And now social services came in and ran her off the property. She left rather than letting them steal all the children because there's a couple of grandparents there, which are very much no good. But anyway, rather than seeing the children uprooted, she has left the premises or the domicile, as they say. And uh, we shall see, because this little girl has a track record of causing all kinds of trouble. Just last week, she went to school and told them that Amber had been beating her with this, that, and the other thing. And that was all misproven as false. So uh, I don't know, man. From what you're saying, I wouldn't be surprised that it was true, right? You you've described this story where where she already lost her temper and slapped the child after attacking her. Slapped the child, yes. Yeah, what? She slapped the child. So, are you telling me you don't have a right to discipline your kid? You do not, not have the right to hit anyone. Okay, so you think spanking should be abolished too? I do. I believe it's wrong to use violence. If you have a point to make that you cannot make without violence, then you don't have a valid point to make.
Well, evidently you've never watched a mother lion or a mother bear raise their cub because when they get out of hand, they get a cuff and they get sent rolling. Yeah, and they we're learn. not bears. I was under the impression that no, humans we're, were supposed bears, to act in a higher what, standard. Bears are the closest thing in nature to us. I, they raise they? their kids just like we do. You think a mother bear doesn't love her cub as much as you love yours? If you oh, have, I'm one. sure she does. But we're just different species. Yeah, and I don't exactly. think a bear smacking their bear cub makes it okay for your for your My whole point daughter to you slap her tell, kid. You can tell a puppy no, 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 but a puppy doesn't learn until sometimes he gets his nose put in the puddle it made and a crack on the butt. That's certifi- that is certifiably is, false. Hey, Major, is no as, that is, I put you on hold because you're just yelling at this point. That is certifiably false. I have a dog that I have used, trained using only positive reinforcement and rewarding the dog for good behavior and she is completely housebroken not once yeah have i spanked this dog not once have i rubbed her nose and you know what it tells me when my dog peed in the floor it told me i was doing something wrong i was not taking this animal out often enough it wasn't her fault it was mine and also in regards to children when we're raising children the more we use physical violence against them, that's just going to produce more trauma for the children. And that's when we start to see children acting out. Um, there is a way to use positive reinforcement with children and way to have civil discussions. It can be very hard for a lot of parents because it's difficult to raise children. So it's, it's easy to lose your temper and it is easier when you're trying to discipline and punish. It's easier to use physical force than to to be able to calm yourself down to have a civilized discussion with children. So like I get why people use spanking and stuff like that, but I'm just saying that is not the most productive or best method of parenting. And it really just does create children with a ton of trauma that are going to lash out and and it just really doesn't help the situation. It doesn't. Um speaking again on the subject of dogs uh, if you touch the dogs like in, right behind their shoulder blade or something, you don't hit them. You just sort of poke them there. Mm-hmm. That's what their mothers do to get them in line. It's yeah, not it's like abusing. an uncomfortable thing. Yeah. It's not abusing them. It's not hurting them. It's like saying, hey, no, right? Yeah. That's fundamentally different from beating the dog with a newspaper or with whatever else you happen to have or beating the child with a newspaper. And children aren't dogs, certainly not. But if you can raise a dog... To be what you want it to be. Because remember, the dog doesn't speak English, right? I have to teach this dog how to be what I want it to be and how, yeah. how to act how I want it to act without using English. If I can do that without beating the thing, then you can do that well, with a kid. And it's a respect thing, whether it's a dog or a child. They need it's, it's a respect. If they don't respect you, then, yeah, you might have to hit them. But I mean, I'm not saying that like I'm <laughs> encouraging it, but that would be... Yeah, why don't you have your kids respect would be my exactly. main question. I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. I have yelled at my dog on occasion. I've lost my temper. like, will you stop barking or whatever? Because she's a girl and they tend not to bark anyway. And when I bark back at her, she's like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. Right. <laughs> but I'm not proud of it. And that's not the way that I should handle this. Right. Like any human being, I should have more control over myself than to do that. But even then, yelling is nowhere near as extreme as physically harming the animal in order to make a point. And like cats, another example is cats. You can train cats by with a, spraying them with water bottle. Yeah. You can also train them like a dog with, by rewarding good behavior. A friend of mine stops at my house all the time and she feeds one of my cats treats. And now that cat will do any little trick that she wants that cat to do. 
And she has trained this cat just using treats. And it's amazing. I didn't think you could train a cat. You I can. knew you could, but yeah. it you takes can train so them to pee effort, in the toilet. Right? You can, and I, I wish I had trained my cats how to do this, but they're too old. They're like 10 years old yeah, at this point, so it's, too late. it's not worth it. But if you can train a dog without hitting him, and you can train a cat without hitting him, I fail to understand why you must use violence against a human well, being. And this is the issue, because there's not enough support when it comes to parents. Like, parenting is really hard. Raising another, and I, I don't have children, so I, I can't imagine to even understand, but I do know quite a bit about childhood development, and I spend a lot of time within other family units. And it, it's a very difficult thing to raise another chi- uh, raise another human being and teach them all of the things that you need to teach them to be a human. Like, it's very difficult the real issue here is parents don't have enough support on how to raise their children in a really, you know, in a in a manner that's I don't even know what I'm trying to say like in a good manner, you know. It's it's hard to to raise good people especially when a lot of parents are already damaged. Like there's so much healing and, you know, therapy that needs to happen before you can be a good parent and there's just not a support enough support surrounding that. And then there's widespread disagreement on what a good parent even is. Absolutely. Especially I think about these, these men from the South who think that, Oh, my kid should fear me. Yeah. No, they ultimately, I think get that idea from Christianity and this idea that, you know, we have to fear God. They, they confused respect and fear Mm -hmm. when that, I don't think that fear is the right feeling that your child should have when they think about you. And I don't have kids. Right. So, so what do I know? I do, however, have a dog and I've never hit the dog and the dog has never, you know, spit in my face. So I don't know, man. And I don't want to judge anyone, but based on what you've said, what we're dealing with here is a, a troubled 14 year old girl who needs help. Yeah. Not violence needs help. And if you have an adult out there bodily tackling, I I understand that you don't want to call it a tackle, but like that's a tackle. If you have an adult bodily tackling their child who is stealing food and other things and then taking the child inside and then having the child spit in their face and then slapping the child. There are way bigger issues here at hand and I don't support protective services or child services or any of that other stuff. But like, man, that's what they were created to do, right? It's to get involved when a parent is beating their child and to separate the parent from the child. Like, I I don't know what else to say. That's, as much as I hate the government, that's the government doing what it's supposed to do, right? It's supposed to protect children who are being beaten at home. And you, as you said, this child is telling people at school that her mother is beating her. And like, nothing you said makes me think that statement's untrue, right? I don't know, man. It's a mess. And I'm not judging anyone here. I'm not saying any of that's the way it is. I'm just, there's a lot to unpack there. And I, I, I get where social services is coming from. And I hate saying that as a libertarian, but yeah. that, that's where we are, right? Let's go to the phones. However, we have the situation calling from Oregon. The situation. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the thing with raising children and, you know, uh, beating your children, child abuse, whatever. Um, they're taught to uh, assault, you know. I mean, they're not taught to assault but they're taught the loopholes like, okay, my parents are this way or that way. And I don't want to get along with them. They took my, my, uh, computer away or my iPhone or whatever. And so I'm going to be violent 
I mean, I don't know where the violence comes from, but it happens. I think and, you're right that, you know, spanking your kids or just physically right, harming your kids in order that. to punish them is it teaches them that when they don't get their way or when someone doesn't do what they want them to do, then it's okay to use violence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about taking privileges away. I mean, okay. Right. We're getting softer and softer instead of beating your kid, you know, take all their stuff, put it in a garbage bag, throw it out in the garage, lock it up. And then they continue to be non-cooperative with the family and, um, and then you, they just go to school and talk to their teachers and counselors and just tell them whatever they want to hear because they seen they learned it from somewhere. And oh, I'm being abused. I'm being this or that. You know, and it's like you didn't even lay a hand on your kid, and and all of a sudden you got the child services there investigating you, and just because they're these kids are given rights. Right. Well, I mean, okay, I so so, a problem, so that absolutely happens where sometimes children will go to school and make yeah. up lies. That's but I think does. this yeah. is showing a deeper issue where, yeah, children should have rights. They're human beings. And I think a lot of people don't respect their children and their bodily autonomy and they don't respect them as human I, I beings. So wrong. they need to show like parents wrong. really need to show their kids love and respect. No, and instead totally of wrong. just punishing, okay. Oh, you did something I don't like. I'm going to take away your iPhone. No, let's sit down and have a conversation about it. As a parent, you probably bought the iPhone. So maybe if they're doing something, oh, you're you're doing something really inappropriate with your phone. And maybe, yeah, this privilege should get taken away. I could see that. But I think a lot of the punishment measures that parents use make the situation way worse. I think a lot more discussions, like more respectful so discussions is, need to go on. The, where do you get the counseling from? From the government? Absolutely I mean, not. No. Why not read a book on parenting? I mean, there also doesn't need to be counseling necessarily. I mean, there are tons of classes and workshops on peaceful parenting. You can order books on peaceful parenting. There's a slow, like it's 2023. And I know for some parents it's too late and maybe they were taught, you know, incorrect parenting techniques from their parents. So it's, you know, the ship has sailed. But for a lot of those, you know, the people who are, Currently, you know, having children and have young children, there are so many resources. I mean, we have the Internet. We have access to ample amounts of books on these topics of peaceful parenting. And it does work. I've seen so many of my friends who have children who they just they just raised their children in such a different way than people did, say, 20 years ago. And the difference is alarming. I would say that's that's. uh so you you've been around like a whole bunch of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I would suggest that anyone who has children, they should first, I don't know, maybe read a book about how to parent. At the very least. Who right? does that? As anyone who does No, that? most people don't, honestly. Before I That's got a issue. dog, I read books about dogs and I, I mean, you consulted should. a trainer. Hey, how am I going to raise this animal to That's be what I want it to be? That was just a dog. That's the responsible thing to do. I can't but, imagine bringing yeah, life but, into this world the, and just assuming I know how to raise this human being. Who's going to teach us that? The government? No, I, I keep saying that. You, no, not the government. You can buy books. There are literal courses that, he, like, individuals. I mean, one of my one of my very good friends teaches these classes and has a whole daycare center that is, you know, her specialty is troubled children and how to deal with some of the conflicts that can come up. 
in how to to raise children into the world in a peaceful and respectful way. Yeah, there's absolutely ways to do it. Situation. Uh, thank you so much for the call tonight. Thank you, Major Payne, for the call tonight. But the situation, I don't know why you're jumping to, you know, who's going to teach them the government. Like Nikki just outlined several things that are definitively not the government that can teach people how to raise children in a peaceful, loving way. All of which doesn't have to deal with the government. I agree, you know, protective services, they certainly overstep their bounds at times. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. You can talk about whatever you would like, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160, and with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria and Nikki, and we got into the subject of parenting a little bit earlier, which I don't have kids. I have no plans to have kids. It would actually be kind of weird if I did have kids. But, Nikki, you're planning to have kids. I am. And it sounds like you're going to be a really good parent because you're putting a lot of thought into it. And that's my issue with most parents is that they seem to not put any thought into it. They just assume that they know how to do this in a productive way. And, I mean, sure, you can technically bring a child into this world and raise that child to be an adult without any training whatsoever. And you can produce a fairly functioning adult. But there's better ways to do it. And if just barely functioning adult is the goal you're going for, then maybe you don't need to read any books. But if you want more than that, if you want a a healthy, nurturing relationship with your child, maybe read some books. Yeah, at the very least. Consult some people who are experts on the subject. And you're like, well, no one's an expert on child care and raising children. But like some people are, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an actual field that people study and, you know, they scientifically look at results and they say, okay, well, treating children with love and respect actually works. I mean, so do we really that. have to tell people not to hit their kids, though? Like, seriously? <laughs> Apparently we do. Right? I mean, that's like the first thing they teach you in kindergarten. Like, the golden rules teach, you know, people the way you want to be treated. Don't hit your friends. Yeah, but you know? people make all sorts of excuses for it. Like, Major Payne, he's a libertarian. But here we have a libertarian who is making excuses for... Hitting kids. Because a lot of people don't, they can't conceptualize the fact that children are human beings and that they should have equal respect as adults. You know, like obviously don't let your kid do whatever they want to do. But I mean, if it's, if you can understand that it's wrong to hit an adult, why would it be right to hit a vulnerable child that is essentially defenseless against you? Like, I, mean, I don't know, man. I got to spell that out. <laughs> like, my dog has bit me pl- playing with her before, and like, she's a golden, so she's got no bite whatsoever. She can bite yeah. as hard as she wants, and it's like, that's so sweet, girl. Right. But it's such, it would be such an unfair fight for me to fight yeah. this animal because she is literally incapable of doing harm to yeah. something. Like, I saw her chase after a bug the other day, and it was so <laughs> clear that she did not want to hurt this thing. She just wanted to be friends with it. And oh, I felt man. so That's bad. That's endearing. <laughs> yeah, it really was. She's chasing it around the house, and a cat. Then, of course, this made the cats aware of it, and the cats caught that thing, and they beat it to death because that's what cats yeah. do. Yep. They are vicious little evil yep. predators. No mercy. No. But the dog just wanted to be friends with it. And I, I can't imagine. 
wishing any sort of harm or causing any sort of harm to this creature. And that's only going to be magnified when we're dealing with a, a tiny human being, right? Yeah. And I know so many people are probably getting offended right now comparing, you know, children to dogs. Uh, but- my dog is certainly not my child. I do hate that as well. I don't call myself this dog's mother, any of that stuff. No, yeah. she's my dog. Uh, my my cats are the closest thing I have to words and that I consider them mostly friends who live with me and they rely on me to an extent, but they're free to come and go if they want. I just know they don't want to leave, so I don't let them go outside. It's weird. If, if they exhibited any sort of behavior that made me think they wanted to leave, I would let them leave. But if they just want to wander outside because they're curious and get hit by a car because I live on a highway, well, no, at that point I'm asserting my authority as the thinking human being and saying no. But like my dog is not my friend or my ward. My dog is my pet. Yeah. And there's a very different relationship I have with the dog. And not a child. I, I do get bothered with people like, my cats are my kids, children. No. Dog mommy. Yeah. They're your cats. <laughs> they're your dog. They're your pets. They're not people. And you can't really treat them that way. So we probably are upsetting people by even comparing the two. But there is a lot of similarities between raising a dog in particular. If you're training the dog... Some people get dogs and they just never train them. They let them run wild. But some people actually train their dogs and they teach them how to be, right? And And I think it's also, I mean, if you wouldn't hit a dog, why would you hit a child? You know? Yeah. Also really good. I just don't understand. And Major isn't the first libertarian that I've heard of who made this exemption where it's okay to hit your kids. And I just don't understand why someone who commits to the non-aggression principle and who recognizes that it's wrong to hit people and that it's never okay to break that rule just because you're the government or because you want to tax people or whatever to then go on to hit their child. I just don't understand it. And hopefully I never will. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on that or something else. But let's go to the phones because we are a calling show and we do have TJ who is using our SIP line. You can find the information for that, I believe, at SIP freetalklive.com tj you're on free talk live greetings aria greetings nikki and Hello. greetings to all the fbi and uh secret service and irs agents listening and the u.s attorney's office i'm sure they're listening to every broadcast now i'm but, sure um, i'm sure they are and by the way nikki uh my husband james is six foot three and he said i feel like i'm a small man standing next to matt your, Matt's your six bow. three. Six really? I mean, he's probably it's because James is is, is not as like you know broad in the chest. Yeah, but he says yeah. It does but, make him <laughs> appear a little bit taller. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, yes, but you definitely will have some Paul Bunyan like Paul Bunyan like <laughs> children. So what's on your mind tonight, TJ? Oh, I was just calling to wish you the best of luck in the sentencing hearing, and I I Thank was you. you know well I was you know. Well, I was kind of surreal for me in court, uh, just, you know, listening to Ian's conversation because, you know, in the text messages, Renee and Ian sent back and forth, you know, obviously they never intended for that to come out between anybody. But it was just kind of interesting to see people, you know, just talk without their, you know, just like like you're spying on somebody. One of the things I saw was this driver's license photo. And they put it up there, Menace James Brody Baker. Hey, dude, and there's I, no need. There is absolutely no need to full on dead name me on the air like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it was okay. What JV, the hell, dude? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just I'm. 
I was leading into that because I was saying, you know, I wonder whose story is more interesting, JBV or would it just be Aria DiMezzo? And I think both have very fascinating stories to tell, and I'd like to hear them sometime. Oh, it's just the one story, right? Um, Yeah, there's just the one story, and that's my story. Yes. And so I hope you get a chance to tell it in court, and I hope the judge will take mercy on you. And, um, you know, Judge LaPlante seems to be fairly lenient so far. I mean, if he granted bail and leniency to, to nobody, then why not you? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously where the memorandum that we filed, we're hoping for a sentence of time served with supervised release with the special condition of a year of home confinement or house arrest, however one wishes to characterize it. And this is what the other defendants got was time served with supervised release. So we're hoping. Okay. And and, and by the way, I changed my name in memory of nobody. I or I guess not in memory because that would imply that he's you know gone. But he's I still changed around. my name to yes, I changed my name to TJ the Spy. So I'm in the process of getting my driver's license and my passport changed. And really? I'm looking forward to yes, and I'm looking forward to going through customs or getting pulled over. Oh, I'm sure. Driver's, li- <laughs> driver's license, TJ. And I said, well, why not? Like, why can't something like uh, why can't your profession like James the accountant? or Dora the Explorer, or Bob the pl- Bob the Builder, or Joe the Plumber, you know, there's... Uh, well, isn't that how that... last names, like, began? I think so, yeah. Well, yeah, when there were so many Joes, you know, it's like, okay, Joe the Plumber, or Joe the this or that, and so I always thought we should get back to that, you know, maybe so, like, I took the lead and said, okay, my name's TJ the Spy now, and so right. James is not happy because he's like, okay, am I Mrs. Spy? And I said, well, if you want to be Mrs. Spy, I suppose you can. But so is the like a middle name here? Yes. Okay. That's my middle name. Oh, is okay. The. okay. And so I just, well, how, how is this concern, going? Because in New Hampshire, they make it really easy. We're like, I didn't even have to have a have a hearing. That could have oh, been yeah, because I of COVID. To, but I had to go in front of a judge and pay like a $200 public newspaper publication fee, publish my name in the name in the paper and everything. They and have to do that in Massachusetts so, as well. I learned regarding a trans friend of mine who transitioned there and she had to file something in, you know, some public ads asking if there were any objections or whatever. Oh gosh, really? Is that the sort of thing you had to do, TJ? Uh, yeah, I did. You know, like I had to publish the name and then there was a waiting period. And if anybody filed an objection, there were none. And judge granted the motion to change my name. And I said, well, you know, the he asked me have I had any other names, and I said, "Oh yeah, I've had seven of them now." And so, you know, okay. it's kind of like every. I well, I said, "God help me if I ever get indicted on a crime, because it'll be T.J. the Spy, A.K.A. Travis Jared Cleveland, A.K.A. Travis Jared Park, A.K.A. Aaron Josh, and on and on back down the chain to my birth name." That does so, sound uncomfortable, right? So have you've gone through this process already? You have legally changed your name to TJ the Spy? Oh, yes. That is awesome. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Yes. Because that, that's certainly you. how I know you. I, I think I do call you TJ, but like when we announce you on air, it's always TJ the Spy. So yeah. kudos yeah. on that. 
That's well, keeps, I keep us separate. I, Do you well, have that on your ID and your passport and stuff yet? Because I know that's a tedious, laborious process. Yes, that's what I'm going through right now is I have to wait a couple weeks for my passport to come back. And women who get married and take on their spouse's last name, they, they always look at me and say, you did this what? Because they know how much pain it is to change bank accounts and checking accounts and your driver's license and your utility bill and everything in your life. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It sucks. Name. Well, keep us surprised yeah, yeah. on how it goes. I, I look forward to, you know, changing, seeing your ID or whatever as TJ the Spy. I think that's, that's I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with it, right? That's how you identify. That is the name that you give people when they ask you your name. And that not that what a name is supposed to be? Yeah. I thought so, at least. But, you know, some people are very, some people would be very upset that, you know, his ID is going to say TJ the spy, but like that's... I couldn't imagine being upset over that. People get upset about all sorts that's of nonsense, true. though. And thank you, TJ, for the call tonight. Let's keep going with the phones. We do have other callers on the line. We have Mike listening from Connecticut. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I think if you have to spank a child, you pretty much failed as a parent because you just have to, like invoke fear in the child and just to get your way and instead of like you know i have a daughter i've never spanked her ever she's 13 years old i would never even think of it but when i grew up i i was afraid of my father because he's you know he'd spank me if he had to sure but um i think you're probably I, right I, there I, like i hear these stories like one of the things being debated in new hampshire right now was this idea that if your parents if your child tells the school that they want to transition, the school doesn't have to tell that to the parents. That, that's what they're arguing about right now. And I feel like enough people aren't addressing the reality of this, that if your child doesn't feel safe talking to you about something as basic as their identity, then you have, inexpl- you have incontrovertibly failed as a parent. That's a great point. I mean, if my ch- children were having any sort of thoughts like that, any thoughts regarding anything... I would want them to feel comfortable to tell me so, you know, we could talk through it. And by the same token, if That's you... That's kind of where I was going. Yeah. My daughter feels comfortable telling me anything. And we have this, like, open relationship. I'm still her father, like, but I'm not, I'm not like one of those parents that are, I'm her best friend. I'm her father. She looks to me for guidance. And and uh, she, tell, she feels comfortable telling me anything because she knows there's no repercussions for whatever whatever's on her mind but i think we i think you might have missed something that guy said when he called i don't know if he did or he didn't but he said that that child was special needs and i don't know because no, we asked that. him yeah, i clarified that with him there were two different children that he was talking about it was a little oh, confusing okay. I, I wasn't sure okay so i have a really so, so i'm an anarchist and i i you know i i believe in the non-aggression principle but i have real problems because um now, my wife has turned into completely psychotic, oh, no. and it's really, really hard to deal with as somebody who, who doesn't believe in aggression because I'm always getting, a, you know, aggression against me. Yeah. So, so I can see how it could be difficult. That's why I thought, because I didn't hear the whole conversation, I thought maybe it was like, uh, you know, you hold the child down or something so she doesn't hurt herself or somebody else. I wasn't sure what that conversation was about. I just kind of clipped kind of the end of it. So, um, cause I know people with special needs kids and they can be pretty violent. Like yeah. they don't get their way or, you know, 
it's, it's a really difficult situation. I don't, I, I don't even know what to do with my wife because I don't believe in locking anybody up. So I'm not going to call authorities and throw her in, in, in a cage and forcibly be medicated or anything yeah, like that. It can so, be really difficult to find that balance of like how to get somebody help and how without, you know, especially if they're being violent against you or they're aggressing towards you. It's like, how do you, you know, still keep your values while defending yourself and also trying to get them help? It, it can be difficult. Well, there's a, there has to be a point, right, at which a person is simply unfit to be in society at large, right? Like a, a serial killer or a serial rapist or whatever who is unrepentant in their ways, they're violent and they're not going to change. At a certain point, something has to be done. And I don't know, I, I, that's clearly not the American system that we have in place. But I, I absolutely agree. There, there comes a time when you have to remove someone from society, either for their own good or for the well-being of others. Could you be that person that removes that person from that's the thing. Somebody has to do it, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. And I hope I never have to answer that question. I, I can't imagine yeah, being in that yeah, situation. It sounds like that's, I, yeah. I, I mean, cause the police are constantly in my life and I can't, I hate them. You know, I, I can't stand the police. So I don't even want to deal with them. I don't even talk to them, but you know, they're always involved and, and she's always getting into it. But it's not like she's not violent. I mean, she's been violent in the past, but she's not violent now. But she's just more annoying than anything. And people treat people with mental illness really bad because they don't understand them. And, like, she's just a nuisance, like, everywhere she goes. So it's, That's <laughs> it's really difficult to do. Well, I'm sorry you're people dealing with that, but it sounds like you're a great parent and you're doing the best you can. So Yeah, and that's a wonderful yeah. thing. And- Thank you so much for the call tonight. Thank you for, you know, the positive news about your yeah, parenting refreshing. techniques. Yeah, it is refreshing because a lot of people think like, oh, it's impossible to, you know, raise children in this way where you're not, you know, and even finding that balance between like your kids feel comfortable, you know, bringing anything to you, but you still are, you know, respected and they still understand those boundaries yeah. of like, yeah, I'm your parent. I'm not your friend, but you can come to me with anything and we can talk through it. It's a really difficult balance to find. I'm in a number of Facebook groups. One of the ones I'm in recently had some mother posting that, you know, her 14-year-old daughter was becoming interested in sexual things and she wanted to buy her a toy. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked because I'm in some fairly liberal and progressive Facebook groups. I'm not in them with a bunch of conservatives and stuff. I was shocked by how many people took issue with the idea of this mother buying a a sex toy for her daughters. It sounds like the responsible thing to do, right? I mean... So what do you want her to figure this out like you did in the back alley behind Denny's? Let's let's not do that, right? It's... I mean, it's okay for kids to explore their sexuality. You know what I mean? Like, it would be okay to... I mean, I'm assuming most parents wouldn't punish their child for, like, regular masturbating. So why would it be different... I would hope using not. a sex toy. Another example I got, I saw somewhere once on Quora was a mother saying, you know, her, her child is doing that and she didn't know what to do about it. So there's like, okay, what, what you do is you buy a toy, you give it to your kid and you say, we're never speaking of this again. No. Wash it when you're done. And that's it. Like I that mean, was the worst answer we got. And even yeah. that was still really progressive. Like it, it's yeah. a healthy way for the child to deal with it because that's, Sort of the your role as a parent is to provide your child 
with healthy ways of yeah. dealing with changes to their body and their minds. And I think everybody always talks about, you know, the uncomfortable sex talk that you have to have with your kids. And I, I, I believe it really shouldn't be horribly uncomfortable because you should be able to ease your way into it, you know, a really good you know, point. Yeah. You, like, you don't have to say inappropriate things when they're like five years old, but you're able to teach them about their bodies using the, you know, medical term, you know, like a, actual appropriate language, you know, not giving body parts weird pet names and stuff. But right. you're you should be able to discuss these things with your children earlier on. So they're not like 13 years old and it's like, oh boy, I better, you know, have this really awkward, uncomfortable conversation because we've been avoiding this their entire lives. I mean, kids find out about sex before you tell them. So that's you know, a really you good probably, point that I had never thought of. That the should, reason it's awkward is because yeah. they've carefully avoided this subject their entire yeah. lives. And it's you don't want that first discussion to happen with their friends at public school because it's probably not going to be an appropriate way to te- or or a healthy way to teach them about these concepts. You know, and it it'll doesn't be filled with wrong information. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Take it from experience. Nothing they learn yes. from their friends in elementary school is going to be useful. No, it's not. So, so. I, th- I, I never thought about that before, but you're absolutely right that if you're dreading this sex talk with your kids in their early teenage years or whatever, it's because you've been probably meticulously avoiding the subject and doing them and yourself a great disservice. Now, I'm not saying you have to sit down and watch pornography your, yeah, with your I kids, mean, obviously, but that's how people are going to take it, right? Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. There's someone out there right now saying, how dare you say you should watch pornography with your kids? Yeah. Like, that's not at all what we're saying, but you should be able to communicate with your children and your children should be able to communicate anything with you. And if they can't, then something has broken down there that is not going to be fixed with the belt. That's all I'm saying. But we have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, I believe has no kids and the world's probably a better place for that. Sarah, you're on free talk live. Yeah, I have no kids. uh, Yeah. It's a big responsibility. And, but the thing is, you know, we just have to be thankful for whatever, Horrible jobs that your parents have done. Let's be thankful that you have parents, even if that you were abused. What, so why? That's my hold thing. On, hold on. Why would I be grateful for people who might have abused me? Well, the thing is, at least they got you out here. They give you a life and opportunities to be here, and that alone should be. We should be grateful. And so they should. I should that. be grateful and honor them because they got laid. No, they, but that's what I you mean, said. The divine, and it's not that. But at least they got you here. You could have been aborted. You know what I mean? You, I mean, think about I mean, some that. People some people prefer that. Don't even make it. Some people wish they had no, been so. aborted, Sarah. No, but I mean, but that's my ticket. But I really well, want your, to your call. take is silly, and I'm confused about it. I, I don't understand what what part of my parents having sex with one another makes them worthy of my honor and respect, right? Well, they well they conceived you and they brought you out here, and you know they were a part of it. And yeah. they, I mean, they could have. I mean, got rid of you. I, I mean, mean, probably I'm, not. I not mean, in the 80s or whatever. That probably would not have been okay. Uh, thank you for the call tonight, Sarah. I know you had something, but what you just said is way more interesting than whatever crazy traffic thing you wanted to talk about. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on the subject of parenting or if you want to take up Sarah's pet traffic of topic. Traffic is Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
It's Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join us. There's still time, 603-283-6160. If you want to do that, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And we got into a surprisingly popular topic about parenting, considering, I mean... Neither of us has kids. I, I can see why parenting would be such a topic there because you know, most people do have kids and yeah. they think that the whole point of existence is to procreate. And I understand why they think that because that's sort of what all of your biology has programmed you to want to do. Like, yeah. So I get it. But I want to say thank you to CH. That is tonight's amplifier. That means that CH is a member of the AMPS program. That's our Patreon. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. Says for advertise, market, promote, and support. So if you like the show, if you value Free Talk Live, and you want to help us get on more radio stations, I mean, I think I'm going to drop that line from the thing entirely. You know, we're not focusing. We are still trying. You know, we're still a radio show, right? I don't want us to get on more radio stations. I want us to get more viewers on Odyssey and not YouTube, obviously, and Twitch and all of these other video platforms that and our podcast, which I those things are the future. So that's where. I want to see us grow in those areas. So the AMPS program is the best way for you to do that. That's amps.freetalklive.com. And it does come with a number of cool little perks. There was a an outtakes video posted about two, three weeks ago, I think, of you know me, Bonnie, and Nikki sitting here recording a video with Bonnie. And you know, there's some pretty funny outtakes to there. And those only went to the AMP uh, page. So that's amps.freetalklive.com. That's our Patreon. That's the only place you can see those unless somebody downloaded them and then shared them elsewhere. But, but we're not popular enough for anyone to have bothered to do that. But there's other possibly exclusive stuff that's going to be there in the future and you don't want to miss out on it. Or do you? I don't think you do. amps.freetalklive.com. It only takes five bucks per month. CH is a platinum level amplifier, which means the CH is giving $25 per month. Is it 25 Yes. Because Diamond's the next one. $25 per month to the AMPS program. So thank you so much for that, CH. We appreciate it. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Or just look up Free Talk Live on Patreon because chances are you've already got an account there. I support several people on Patreon because I think that's the future of the internet. This ad-supported model, I think, has failed and it's consistently failing. Their, their next hope for advertisement is artificial intelligence, strangely oh, enough. Oh, I haven't heard about this. They think that artificial intelligence can learn your patterns and recommend new things to you that are in line with your existing likes and interests, whereas okay. the current algorithms, they don't do that. They ju- they wait until you tell them what you're interested yeah. in, and then they tell you about it. Like a, if I looked for a sound system tonight, I would suddenly get a lot more advertisements for sound systems and stuff, but I had already Googled that. And found a product that I liked. So yeah, the advertising so, apparatus is pointless. Yeah. So they think AI is going to be a solution to this, but I don't think any of that's going to work. I think this this viewer-supported, this listener-supported model is the way of the future. That's amps.freetalklive.com. But let's keep going with the phone. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. We have Minor Ake on the line with us. Minor Ake, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I wanted to take the super popular position of beating children. Okay, right? sure. Yep. That's sort of the position that Mark <laughs> takes. Well, Mark takes a position okay. that if you want to beat your kids to death with a bat, he doesn't particularly care. Oh, okay. I think, I don't remember how he put it, but it, I was on the show with him the night that he said it. It was something to that effect. Well, speaking of Mark, I would kind of like to see Conan come back, but anyway. What does that have to do with Mark? 
Oh, because oh, Conan is kind of like Mark when Mark's not around. Oh, I see. He's like the conservative in the room. Okay, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. He's the wish.com Mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he brings the perspective that I don't think anybody else does. That's true. Yeah, the two I mean, them. that's true. And we, we love Conan and miss him. But, you know, he doesn't seem anyway. to want to come back. So that's where we're at. So back to beating children. Uh, it's not a so popular the, position. The, I can see why you're struggling to, you know. Right. The, the, well, the thing is, is pain is the most valuable, the fastest teacher, I should say, not most valuable. But the, when, when something hurts, you learn from it very, like that time, like you don't do it again. Uh, not necessarily. That doesn't work with me. What'd you do? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well, there's also the fact that, you know, pain may be a valuable teacher. And, you know, punishing someone for doing something bad, it it does work on a certain level. However, all of the statistics show, all of the studies show, all of the research shows that rewarding good behavior is a better avenue for changing a person's behavior than punishing bad behavior. So as much as it will burn to put your hand on the stove eye, giving your child a piece of candy for not doing something dangerous is a better teacher. I think with like physical discipline, it's quick and easy for, you know, it's like, oh, I can get my message across very quickly. You know, it doesn't take a lot of like thinking about it or you don't have to have because with the positive reinforcement with like the peaceful parenting techniques, you have to sit down with your kids and have very long discussions over and over and over again. And that's too much for most parents. So it's easier. Oh, you did something bad. I'm going to hit you. That's easier for most parents. So when, when your four-year-old runs out into the street for the first time, and it's a busy road. What, what, you know what I mean? You run so, and you get the four-year-old I, out of the street. That's experience. Right. You run so, and you get the four-year-old out of the street. I, I don't see any benefit in well, hitting that, the child like, at that point. You get them back to the street and... And, and uh, then what? You don't so, hit like them. Like I said, this is personal for me. So that... Okay. that I, look, I've struck a child three times in my life. And this is one of them. The other two weren't even my children. I've never given it any thought, but I can honestly say I have never hit a child. And I haven't. Uh, maybe when I was a child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I don't count that. Well, yeah. no, no, no. As an I adult. meant like as yeah, yes. Yeah. That, yes. I have never been an adult hitting a child, and it kind of scares me that I, 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 I'm confident I'm in a minority when I say that. Probably. Right? That's uh, that's terrifying, dude. That's not okay. We have a society full of adults running around beating children. No part of that is okay. Well, all right. So, let me... What, what right, was so, the benefit? In, again, it uh, was... All right, so I, I yanked my son out of the road. And then you beat and, him. And smack him on the butt, so... What was the and, benefit and like, in spanking him? Look, I, I don't feel good about it. Like, he turned around and looked at, looked at me. Like, he didn't start, like, crying. He just looked at me like, I can't believe you just did that to me. Like, that was a look on his face, and I've never felt worse in my life. I understand. I'm just, I, so I want to understand. The other two though? times I actually feel all right about. I, I just want to understand <laughs> why you felt it was necessary instead of just saying, hey, it was more, those cars it, it will was, kill it you. It was more of a reaction type thing, I would say. Okay, so you don't think it was actually um, like necessary said, like, to the situation? But but I guess the, the like why I felt it it was like you could have been killed but instead you got smacked on the butt and it hurt. But instead you could have just pulled the child out of the street and been like hey that car right there will kill you 
You, you could have used words instead but of violence, right? Really, really, un- is a four-year-old going to, going to understand conversation yeah. over like a, a smack on the butt? I mean, a four-year-old will absolutely understand a conversation about that. I mean, and, and that's the thing. You might have to have that conversation a few more times. And, you know, maybe later on, you know, before it happens again, you might have to, you know, when you're putting them to bed, you'll have to spell it out again and say, here, like, this is dangerous. This is exactly why. Like, this is what could happen. And that's then you might have question. to have that a couple more times. Nikki, you have absolutely nailed it here. I would never let my dog outside without a leash because I haven't trained her not to run into the street. Why did you let your child outside outside of your grasp where they could run into the street before having had this conversation with them? Is Are you still there? Yeah, no, no, I understand what you're saying. Because uh, I've never thought about it until Nikki no. said it right then, right then, but that's absolutely right. right. Like, before I let my child play in the front yard, I'd be like, hey, look, I'm going to let you play in the front yard, but you can't play in the street. And and you know what? It's tough because well, there's an infinite yeah, amount that's, of possibilities, that's, right? Like, I there mean, are so can, many right. different hazards that could and, uh, possibly I, happen to your kid. It's impossible I, for I me to be say, like, here is every single thing that might happen to you and how, you know, how I want you to respond to it. It's impossible. Right. And, and I, I imagine that I, I probably had that. Con- I don't I can't say for sure. You know, this, this is we're going back like 12 years. You know, so I had imagine I had that conversation with, you know, that was my second child. You know, I've never struck my first child and, you know, struck my, struck my second child that one time. And then, so here's a different scenario. It's other people's children, but both times these little bastards walk up and smack me right in the face out of nowhere. And I, you know, in an equal, you know, to the age, you know, give him a smack back, you know, like How old were they? right across the face. Uh, the first one, I think, was about five, and the second one was like nine. Okay, now look. So the second one, like, hurt. <laughs> I, I, I'm not criticizing anything. I just want to understand the situation because I have never had a child walk up to me and smack me to my to, that I remember, right? Like, is. So I had kind of. These were my son's. Um, the second one, the the second one was a friend, a friend of my son, and I let my son get away with a lot of stuff. It, you know, I mean, your son is you your know, oldest. He, he would swear in front of me. Yeah, the same one that I smacked in the butt when he was four. Okay, so not the oldest. You know, at, at this point, you know, in this story, he's like ten, and uh, you know, his friends are right around the same age. And oh, your I son was the one who McDonald's. slapped you. No, no, no! It, it was his friend. Like I, okay. I was treating like I was treating them to like a McDonald's with like the whole play place and everything scenario, and out of nowhere, this kid just walks up and slaps me in the face. <laughs> and That's crazy. So I just <laughs> slap him back. I don't know about yeah, slapping the back. I don't know how I'd react in that situation. You know, that, sometimes I, it is just like a response, like a right. almost like um, it's almost self defense. But well, and not like, even just that; child. it's like um, an involuntary no, response. I, about it. Like, I could I see hit that him happen back with like an equal amount of force. Like I didn't hit him with like an adult amount of force. Right? You didn't like body with, like, slam him onto the table at McDonald's or anything. Right. I, I, I'm certainly not picturing that. I'm just it's a weird position to be in because you're right. If someone hits you, oh, he freaked out. He puked. It was terrible. Yeah, you, oh you have every right to hit that person back. But when that person is a nine-year-old child, I, I don't know I that so you necessarily... His mother, well, the thing is, his mother, 
all right, this gets back to like what what you know beating kids. His mother would would beat the hell out of him and his brother and sister. Like yeah, in the which is where he learned street, it. Like with with like didn't even care. Yeah. Like, I don't care who's watching me beat my kids. Like. And some some oh. parents are like that. I mean, and nowadays it's less acceptable. But you know, not too long ago, people would beat their kids in the middle of the store, and it was just like, oh, you know, look the other way. Now, if that happens, I mean, somebody's going to say something or call the cops or something. Like you have to, you I know, people can't do that in anymore. School and yeah, teachers. In hindsight, I'm like, that was yeah. absolutely appalling. And I this, cannot imagine why were my parents okay with these other people yeah. using violence so, against me? Yeah. All right. And then since you dealt with that, maybe you can um, attest to this, is it makes you not afraid of getting beaten. Like, you're not afraid of anything. You've gotten beaten by somebody three times your size for half your life. When, when somebody bigger than you comes up trying to intimidate you, you're not afraid. Sometimes. I mean, it depends on the person. But I could definitely see that for some people that would be the reaction. But for some people, it just gives them like long trauma. It, it really just depends how people process that experience, right? So some people right. will be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not scared of anything. Like, I don't care if you hit me. Like, I've, you know, you can't do anything worse than my father's done to me, whatever. But then Dude, that breaks some, my heart because I, I can, yeah. I picture people I know saying stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard people say this all the time. Um, and then some people will just give them trauma where if if you look at them wrong, they'll start crying or if they, you know, sense any sort of perceived danger, they, you know, flip out. And, you know, so people just process it differently. I suppose so. Yep. Thank you so much for the call tonight, mate. Minor aches. A lot of a lot of really good questions there and a lot of really good dialogue. I don't have any good answers and you know, Yeah. It's I, hard like what do you do when a nine year old just comes up to you and smacks you across the face? I, I personally would not hit them back. I would say like, Don't do that to me, you know, I would scold them verbally. But I, I don't know then, how I would react to it. It's such a it's, outside of my realm of experience that I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I've been hit by like younger children before, and normally I just tell them, "Hey, don't do that," because it usually doesn't hurt that bad. So I'm not gonna like yell, but it's just like, sure. "Hey, don't do that," and this is why, you know, like, oh, you know, be nice, that sort of thing. But I mean, when a baby hits you, I mean, they'll, I mean, two year olds, yeah. they can pack a punch sometimes too, and they they just don't understand. That's a good point. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, that's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Let's keep going. We have Tim on the line listening from Florida. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, so I certainly cannot speak to human children, and I, I don't exactly consider my dog my child, but I do have, I have a, a I, I guess, a red-nosed pit bull. She's, she's brown, and uh, this brown, brown-eyed dog got out the other day. The wind blew the gate open, and she, she and her Jack Russell Terrier friend uh, went out onto a road that is extremely busy, and I was, I was in the next county over visiting my, oh, my 86-year-old friend. You know, I, I try to check up on him, and I get a phone call, and I don't recognize the number, but I answer the phone, and it's not a telemarketer. The first thing I hear is, "Oh, I've got a pretty brown-eyed girl right here," and I'm like, "Oh, is it a? It's a brown dog with a brown nose." <laughs> He's like, "Yep." He said, he said, the little Jack Russell got away, but she came right up to me. I'm like, oh, my. But anyway, the long story short, we got them both back, right? But the thing about uh, pit bulls is 
they are a breed, and I, I bet it actually applies to all terriers and perhaps even hounds. I'm not sure about hounds. Um, they're pretty rambunctious. But with pit bulls, they do not respond to uh, negative reinforcement. They only really respond to positive reinforcement. And it's difficult when, like, when you're trying to walk. Because she's like a 12-year-old dog, and I didn't raise her. You know, so when you raise them from puppies, they're easier. They're easier to get moving. You know, but she'll yeah. she'll stand there when we're taking a walk, and she'll just she'll dig her heels in, and she's not going to go anywhere. See, <laughs> your story about getting loose is interesting because that sort of happened recently with my dog. Where uh, I have a lead in my backyard, and every morning I you know put her out there on the lead, and I go do my thing and wake up and all that. And she stays out there for half an hour, or whatever, and she's fine. She loves it, right? But the other day, the the connecting thing, apparatus, whatever you would call it, it became disconnected. So she's just running around my backyard, not attached to anything. And I didn't know it. And then suddenly I hear her barking, which isn't terribly normal. She she barks because there's people around that aren't paying attention to her. And she sees them and she wants to tell them hello. And she doesn't understand that barking at people scares them. So that's how she tries to communicate because she can't go over and say hello because she's tied up on this thing. So I heard her barking. And that's usually, it's also sometimes the cue that she's ready to come in. So I went outside and I discovered that she's sitting there at the edge of the property with no fence or anything in front of her, not attached to anything not going past where the lead wouldn't allow her to go past, though. And, like, she's just that, staying good. in the yard good. where she knows that's she's allowed good. to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you want. So the problem with my dog is uh, she she just looked right at me when I said that. But when I'm taking her for a walk, she'll try to pull into a busy highway. And, and because I think in her mind it's like a car. It goes fast and I can get in it. And she doesn't know. She, she's dumb in that respect yeah yeah and, i, I and, and can't relate she was standing in the middle of the road she was standing in the middle of the road i wish she was like your dog and she would like stop at the end of the property you know yeah, I can't relate. Um, I had to spend a lot of effort learning to walk my dog and training her to walk the way that I wanted her to walk. It's been mostly successful. I don't reinforce it enough by walking her as much as she would like, certainly. But like, she knows when we're walking not to run. Plus, a lot of the times that I'm walking her, I'm riding a bike, and I can't just stop as yeah. freely. And like, if she gets in front of me... It can go really bad, really, really quickly, whether I want to not. Speaking of fear being a punishment thing, there's nothing I can do about that. If she runs in front of me and I have to slam on the brakes to avoid running her over and I still hit her, like, that's beyond my control. And that's not me hitting her with the bike. She ran in front of it and caused that to happen. Yeah. But she learns. She no, she doesn't know her physical boundaries. And so, and that's the one thing. And, and some people have argued it also works with human children, but that. Like, dogs end up learning their boundaries because they're biting at each other, and that's how they learn, like, oh, biting equals pain, and they learn a little bit of empathy, so they, they back off from each other. Well, I certainly let her bite me. Uh, that was what her trainer recommended. I, I say her trainer. The trainer was training me, and he was just teaching me how to speak dog for the most part and how to, you know, interact with a dog and how to get her to do what I wanted. But when she was a, a young puppy, he recommended that I just let her bite at me. And whenever we were playing this, she would just bite me. And I was like, I don't want her to bite people. Though. He's like, it's fine. Let her do it. And so I let well, her do it. I, and he was absolutely right. And now now she doesn't bite people. Some dogs some dogs are okay with that. I think it depends there, on the breed, there too, probably. That, there was a red-boned coonhound that would maul, like it would completely maul my wrist and my 
my forearm and it didn't know any better. Like it really didn't know any better. So I was always like, oh, I should wear one of those falconry gloves out there with this dog. Sure. Well, certainly when I mention my trainer or my dog's trainer, like that's specific to my dog, right? She's right. a golden retriever, so she wants to be good anyway. Oh, they're sweet. Yeah. yeah. So she yeah, wants to right. be a good girl anyway. So she's very easy to train in that regard. Once she knows what I want her to do, she wants to do it because she knows that makes me happy. And that's just how goldens are. They're wonderful. Yeah, and not all dogs are like that, certainly. And thank you so much for the call tonight, Tim. But there's huge differences between a dog and a person as well. And, you know, we're dealing here with two different uh, species that ran into the street, right? His dog, uh, my dog, and the human child. And one of these did not run into the street. One of them has only had positive reinforcement her entire life. And I've never explicitly told her not to go on the street because she's a dog. What good would it do? However, we do cross the street occasionally at my house. And the rule is every time we come to an intersection or a street that we cross, she sits. That's always been the rule. As soon as we get to one, she sits and she waits on me to proceed. So I don't know what she would do if I wasn't there as I wasn't that day. She was in the backyard, which is different. It has its own rules. But like if she was just out there, would she get to the edge of the street and wait on me? I don't know. Probably because that's what I've trained her to do, but I can't say that for sure, and it's too risky for me to want to test it. But that's a dog. That's very different from human. I would much rather have the human that I had explained to, hey, look, you can't get in the street. You can't just, as you point out, you can't have that conversation just once. Yeah. Because it's a four-year-old, they're going to forget. You have to have it. You have to hammer it into them and explain to them why it's wrong. And violence may do that, may be a shortcut to that. I'm not saying it isn't, but if you can instead remove violence from the situation and have that conversation with them five or six times a week, every week for the first two years of their life or whatever, it seems to me like that would be preferable to introducing violence to the equation. And even our previous caller who talked about this, he didn't seem to be able to explain what exactly introducing violence into the equation actually achieved. And it seems like, I, from what I remember, he admitted that it wasn't necessary. It was just his like instinct response or just like just the way his body responded in the heat of the moment. Right. He had energy, you know, and it was the heat of that moment. He didn't know what to do with that energy. So he reacted with it and he let the energy, that high energy intensity, direct his actions and... High energy intensity tends to lead to violence if it's not properly, you know, controlled. So I think in that particular situation, he just sort of lost control of himself. And it probably didn't contribute anything. But that's not a judgment, right? The the four-year-old did not play in the street again and did not get hit by automobiles. So the mission was accomplished regardless. Yeah. And I find it, it's difficult to judge people because you don't always understand, you know, exactly what is going on in the situation. You know, I mean, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. And whether we're un- whether we understand that they're mistakes or not, I mean it still happens. That's true. So I mean it's it's difficult. There's so many different parenting styles, and it's it's really difficult to completely judge people unless they're like actually abusing and beating their children. I think I don't necessarily judge people that spank their children, and and you know within a certain you know within means right right spanking your child quickly on the butt because it's, they ran in the street i'm not gonna like, judge you of that like spanking is different than beating your child and i do admit that but i also admit that that's not the best technique 
to raising human beings because it is introducing that level of violence. You know, so if if you're hitting your kids, they're going to go to school and they're going to hit kids at school. So it's kind of creates this never ending cycle. And then we get to the point where people put up with what the state with the abuse from the state. Right. Because that's what they learned. Right. That when you when someone doesn't do what you want, you hit them. And so when people don't do what the government wants, the government hits them. And to them, it becomes totally okay. What a time for the night. You can join us in the meantime on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. Again, that's social.freetalklive.com. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com